traveling the vortex. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Shady's back. As he travels the vortex, I landed episode number two hundred and one, and the voices you hear in the static is actually us. But we're not dead. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Condolences. How are you guys? Not dead. That's always good. <laughs> don't don't cremate me. Not, not, re- dead. not, not dead recently yet. dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. Don't want to go on the cart. There was a nice Monty Python reference. Bring out your dead. Did you guys have a good week? How was your Halloween? It was good. It was nice. We had work, but it was good. Yeah. I worked. What did you do? Uh, Worked. Uh, As far as Halloween stuff, watched Zombieland. I forget how enjoyable that movie is until I go back and rewatch it. It's a shame that they haven't made more. Because they could have made more movies, but pilot I heard for the Amazon show wasn't very good. I never bothered. Uh, and then 28 Days Later, so kind of a zombie-esque theme. Uh, and then went to for a, the lady who helped organize our wedding and was Sarah's mom's neighbor. Uh, her birthday party was at a local theater, and we went and saw the freshman class improv group, which her daughter's a part of. So it's kind of high school kids doing improv. So it kind of took me back to my high school days a little bit. Uh, Topeka Civic Theater? Yeah, Topeka Civic Theater. Their uh, improv is usually pretty good. Yeah, they, they did a really good job. They're a very talented uh, group of kids. Uh, of course, improv's only as good as your audience. Very true. And some suggestions like... Um, something with uh, My Little Pony just... Didn't quite go over well, and, and it was kind of a challenging considering they're high schoolers, and some of the older people in the audience would yell out suggestions, and they'd be like, "I don't know what that is." <laughs> uh, luckily, one of, the, one of the suggestions was Kool Aid Man, and one guy got really one of the guys up. Most of the kids were like, "I have no idea what that is," so, but one guy up on stage was like, "Yes, I get that reference." I'm assuming because of Family bet, Guy. I bet he gets it because of Family Guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. So it was, uh, I think he, he was auditioning for a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, it was, that was really funny. Uh, they did a really good job. Uh, and then with my mom's been, as I've been giving updates, watching Doctor Who. Is anybody having a real weird case of deja vu? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. Okay. Uh, she, is, me. she watched Doctor Who the movie. And Not because of his mom, but just in general. No, no, right, in general. Yeah. Just a case of deja vu in the air. Like the last three minutes. It's bizarre. Uh, she really liked the movie. Uh, oh, we're so meta. <laughs> <laughs> and only we get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she liked Paul McGann. She thought it was uh, Eric Roberts. She didn't have a problem with She enjoyed it. I didn't really pick her brain I about the half-human thing. I don't have a problem with Eric Roberts in the movie. It's Eric Roberts out <laughs> of the movie that I tend to have issues uh, with. One of her first comments was, it was sad to see Sylvester go. She's really, she really is. She's I, really stuck on I, Sylvester. I, I've mentioned before how she doesn't like Daleks and doesn't like Cybermen or most of the robotic uh, villains. And so I was going to give her more classic Who to watch just because she's running out of stuff. 
and recently cut cable, so she needs stuff to watch anyways. Um, oh, boy, can we take care of her there. <laughs> 50 years, here you go. <laughs> here you go. Handed uh, her a silver nemesis, and I'm like, this is Cybermen, but it's Sylvester McCoy. And she was like, okay, and grabbed it really quick and was like, yes. <laughs> so even when it's Cybermen and Dalek, she, it's, if it's Sylvester McCoy, she's going to watch it. So it'll be interesting to see when she gets to kind of earlier stuff and see how different he is compared to the darker, later stuff that he had. Uh, but then today, she came over, and because my mom doesn't have the best TVs, I mean, she has two, actually, like four in her bedroom, and one really big, or not not bedroom, uh, spare bedroom that are dead. It's like her TV graveyard. Oh, Okay. <laughs> And this one really big old one. Four DVs in her bedroom, so she can watch all four networks at <laughs> once. She she's been wanting to get rid of her cable and like get Netflix and be able to stream. I want Comedy Central, MTV, and the Weather Channel. <laughs> <laughs> but all of her stuff is so old that she can't do it. So she's like, "I was, you need to get a new TV or something to stream to." Or and usually most of that stuff you you have to have HDMI ports. And she has one TV that's now in the living room. That is maybe 20 inches of a HD TV. And so she can't watch the 50th on that or on her big tube TV. She needs to come over and see it in a high-definition glory Blu-ray. <laughs> she was like, so why do I need to watch it on this? And I was like, you'll see. <laughs> Start up the menu. Wow, that's vibrant. <laughs> vibrant. Wow, it's really colorful. I'm like, yeah, that's Blu-ray. And she's like, well, I guess I do kind of have an old TV. <laughs> uh, so after watching the 50s, I went and got her a router. So now she has one step closer because she canceled cable. And then she got a router. And now she's going to get a Blu-ray player. So I'll hook it up for her so she can stream Netflix and be cableless. Yeah, it's funny. My mom did something similar that uh, we had a... When Mel and I went and got our new mattress, they had a deal where it's like, oh, here, you get a TV. We don't really need a TV, but okay, thanks. You know, so <laughs> we had this TV sitting around, and Mom was kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of a nice TV there. Would you like the TV, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Hint, hint, right? So she, uh, we took it over and, and, and set it up and hooked it up. She couldn't get it because, of course, she had this 32-inch tube set that was yeah. just as wide as it was deep. And <laughs> well, that's one of the problems is my mom's, she really likes her entertainment center, but it's designed for one of the big, and it's, yeah. the, the 20-inch fits fine for that, but you can't get anything bigger. Well, this one looks like a 40-inch flat screen, and it's still dwarfed by the cavity that this <laughs> thing takes up in the in this thing. But we, hooked it, we, we got it all hooked up. Of course, she's got satellites, so that was a whole other ball of Ugh, I'm not good with that stuff, but I got it hooked up for her, and then uh, she was having problems. She wanted a sound bar because the, the audio wasn't real great because the speakers were on the back. Oh, and then because the, it's designed to sit on you know one of these kind of little here's a TV stand versus inside in yeah. the cavern. So I was like, well, you might have to break down and get a sound bar. So she went and bought a sound bar. But the whole time we were sitting there watching the TV, she kept going, I can't get over the picture quality on this. <laughs> I didn't think my TV was that bad, but I think maybe it was going out now because even the black and white stuff looks so much better on this one than it does on the. And she's on and on and on and on. Well, then she went and got the sound bar and she came back and she called me and she says, I hope you're happy. You've created a monster. I said, What did I do? She goes, It's not me. It's Tom. She goes, We've watched like eight movies in three days because he just, he can see and hear them now. 
<laughs> so it's it's made all the difference. I think I, uh, eventually she will upgrade the TV. It's and she wouldn't even have this one if my cousin hadn't left it behind. She was like, I don't need this TV anymore. The DVD player in built in doesn't work. So, but here the rest is fine. You use it. <laughs> uh, but so she came over. I showed her the really cool trailer we got teaser whatever you want to call it with all the doctors and i've been running all my lives and that bit she thought that was cool showed her night of the doctor and kind of i will applaud anytime (laughs) that name is said just so that you guys are aware and kind of i I i've explained to her about how the the wilderness years and then how okay and i refreshed her memory of okay we sat we last saw the doctor in the movie, and then he came back in, in Rose, and we hadn't seen him since then, so we don't know how he regenerated. And then also reminded her of the end of the fi- uh, name of the doctor of seeing John Hurt in the time stream. And she's like, yeah, 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 I remember all that, yeah. She, I had to kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, now I remember. Um, and so she, she really liked Night of the Doctor. She thought that was really cool seeing how that happened and then also explaining to her it was 17 years between seeing Paul McGann on television and she was like wow that's really cool (laughs) and so then we watched Night of the Doctor and she's pretty much or Day of the Doctor and she's pretty much speechless through most of it and just kind of rapt attention chuckling here and there but kind of just like wow and she really really enjoyed it Uh, one (laughs) kind of early on when um, you know (laughs) The, the war doctor busts through the wall and hits the Daleks and they explode. She turns to me and goes, yay! Because, <laughs> you know, she hates Daleks. Uh, <laughs> but she she tended to really laugh a lot at the David Tennant lines because she, she, for some reason, really likes David Tennant. <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> wow, how your attitude has come around. <laughs> I don't see how anybody can, he can be anybody's doctor, but whatever. <laughs> There's another callback for you. And so she really liked it. It wouldn't surprise me if it went on her Christmas list. She right. liked it enough. And, man, that, I had to fight back a lot of tears watching that. <laughs> <laughs> By myself, I can let them fly. But there, it's kind of like, got to keep myself composed in case she had any questions. Are and she were, didn't. Were, were these good tears? These are, uh, just, these are the know, same tears of watching the 50th just, anytime. Just, just, just the joy of, you know. Not, these weren't new tears of Matt's gone. Now no, I'm sad. no, they weren't new tears. Although the scenes in the hut have a bit more impact now, mm. <laughs> you see those kind of in a new light. Especially of him walking up to it, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's a bit more full circle. Especially knowing he's walking in, thinking he's not going to live. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been pretty much it. Uh, a couple more episodes of Buffy and Angel. One of my favorite episodes of Buffy in time for Halloween, Fear Her. Or not Fear Her. (laughs) (laughs) I did did that earlier. Fear Itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, a good one. Not to be confused with the Doctor Who episode, Fear Her, which is not. uh, I I I just saw this week that ranked in, uh, I think it was Den of Geek, ranked uh, the most, the scariest television stories Mm. of all time. And that was that was ranked rather high. I can see it. It's yeah. creepy, and it'd be a good introductory story if you don't want to 
Yeah, start because them it doesn't have a there's lot not of wrapping. Th- th- yeah. there, there's some with Anya and a little bit with Giles, but that's pretty much it. It's they show up, they go to a party, things go wrong. It's Buffy in a nutshell, and the ending is just so perfect. It's one of my favorite moments in the series completely. And then um, you haven't seen it, Sean. I have not seen it. I, I we'll withhold. It's you. Yeah, it, it's on my list. I so need to great. watch it's, Buffy, but. Uh, I've also been introducing Sarah to Good Eats, just because they've been added that to Netflix, like a nice collection of stuff. Oh, is it on there now? Yeah, there's okay. a collection. It's not everything, but it's like 25 titles, uh, including a couple I think I haven't seen, So, which is pretty impressive, because I made sure I watched every time that was on television. <coughs> That's been my weed. It's been week been kind of low-key. My weed. Uh, yeah, not a uh, couple day-side shifts, so that kind of... <laughs> Threw things out of whack a little bit. Not getting to stay up as late watching stuff. But alas, the Royals did not go all the way. The Royals did not go all the way. They did not take home the crown. Well, they went all the way. They just didn't. Yeah, they, they, they didn't. Home the crown. Home, yeah. Went all the way to game seven. So many. There are quite a few people saying to me on Tuesday when it was game six that, oh yeah, you won't be back. You won't work dayside tomorrow. The Royals won't win it, and I was—I felt rather vindicated, or rather proud to say, "Ha ha, you were wrong." Vindicated, yes. Because I, I knew I'd be back. <laughs> At least I really hoped I would, because I really like working ten to six. I'll say this for you know, they—they they gave us one heck of a ride, and I don't think anybody who is a fan of Kansas City Royals baseball has any reason at all to hang their head. Oh no, they, absolutely they, not. They, 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 they were outstanding all the way to the end. I think a lot of people kind of feared a sweep, and the fact that there was at least one game where the Giants didn't score is pretty impressive. Yeah. And, of course, we were watching that night, flipped over to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., came back, and we're like, holy crap, they scored a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Because <laughs> I think by the time we turned away, they maybe had scored one, and then came back, and it was nine or eight or nine. I think that was the hardest part, though, of, of seeing them do so well. Seeing them do night. so well the night before. And then, I mean, it was a really close game there at the beginning. Really and balanced, they just couldn't yeah. make, well, oh, I'd, 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 I'd have given anything to have just a couple of those runs from <laughs> the 10, 10 to nothing game. Yeah. Just give me. Two once of those. They put, once they it's put over here. Gardner in there, though, gosh, oh. that guy's a beast. He deserved MVP. Oh, guess. totally. Yeah, and then and that's the way it works. So just sometimes you just you just can't get anything going, and there's just nothing you can do about it. And you know, it was just you know at that point it was you know you could tell the fans were like, no, we still got a chance, we still got a chance, and I, and I applaud the fans in Kansas City so much for not. Getting up and walking. I mean, obviously, it's World Series. You don't. You're not going you, to leave. Gonna leave. Especially if you paid six hundred dollars for a ticket. Yeah, but you know that they hung out for as long as they did, and 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 still continue to believe because this team has pulled off so many <laughs> miracles and weird things yeah. late in games and whatnot. Yeah, but he was just so unstoppable, <laughs> and to be so close in the end too, in the last inning, to have ninety feet his, from home. What's his face? Ninety. Yeah, all the way on third base and. Poor Perez not getting able to get on base after that poor beam to the leg. Ouch. Oh, that man. And then he hobbled. The- <laughs> and stayed there. Yeah. He didn't run until he, he had he to. Didn't notice he didn't lead off. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were a few times later when they actually hit, and he's like, oh, man, I got to yeah. run. I remember, uh, I don't remember who was pitching at that time. It wasn't Baumgartner yet, but. 
I don't remember who was pitching. That but was he, the first guy. I, I'd see him go look over there at Perez. <laughs> and Perez just had this look on his face like, yeah, no, I'm not even going to steal. <laughs> <laughs> not even going to lead off this face. Just, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to run I'm, when I'm, I absolutely I'm have to. <laughs> and then even only when I absolutely have to. There were several hits, and the other guy went off the second or the third, and then I think he went home, and he was still on first. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Well, I wasn't that on a tag up because I thought it was going to be a out. I guess that didn't end up dropping. I think I it could, I, uh, yeah, because there was that one almost fumble that brought him out around yeah. to the outfield and struggled. That was my week, though. I worked. Um, I went to school. We know. Uh, I worked Halloween. Comment, so question, question, comment. We, 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 we had our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had our sale at work. And uh, so I worked Halloween. And um, did you, you dressed up, though. I did dress up. I was, dress up? I, I was Shaun of the Dead, huh. which is kind of my standard I've Halloween costume. I yeah. pull, <laughs> See, I've seen that one. I pull that one out of the closet every year. Um well, especially when you have to work, it's an easy one and yeah. slow maintenance. Yeah. I assume you didn't have a cricket bat with you. I still do not have a cricket bat now. Um, still looking, still still searching for one. Did you carry around a box of records? I did not carry around a box of <laughs> records. Did you ever tell the story about you coming to my Halloween party? I don't think so. The cops so. came and knocked on the door. <laughs> no. Oh, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> Sean and his significant other came to our house. And knocked on the door. I'd forgotten all about and he goes, this. Okay, this is, you brought it up. Okay, this is the right one. And they came inside. And he said, "Yeah, your neighbors probably think I'm weird because I we walked about most of the way up to the house, and I kept going. I don't think this is the right house. I don't think this is the right house. So we turned around and left and walked down. I think we were two houses away. Then he walked up, walked in. Then we get this knock on the door. Do 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 do. His he had he had a shovel with him, and he left the shovel leaned up against the thing, and he. Because I couldn't said, find yeah, a cricket um, bat, so a shovel, shovel I figured, was the next shelf. best thing. I said, can for, I help you? Whose shovel is this? And I said, it's this guy's. He's we're going to have a Halloween party. It's part of his costume. We need to bring it in. And he goes, oh, okay. He said, well, your neighbor saw some guy walking up to the door with a shovel, and he got a little concerned. <laughs> and Sean goes, yeah, sorry. We had the wrong place. We thought that was the right house, and it wasn't. So the cop said, okay, have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs> Left. <laughs> Needless to say, my, my neighbors thought they were going to be murdered that night. Probably not the strangest call that cop had gotten on Halloween either. <laughs> Threatening people since 2004. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> I won't forget that. <laughs> the cops come to my door and I'm like, we're not being very loud. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> it's not an apartment. But I did force the crew to listen to War of the Worlds since I couldn't do my party because I was working that night. So I I queued it up, and there was a lot of, I've never heard this before in my life. What is this? And I had to explain the deal to him. Did you have a lot of customers come in during that time? Oh, yeah. We were swamped. Did a lot of people say, what is this sound? No. No? Nothing. I get more comments on the the musical War of the Worlds when I play that, because I put that in my playlist for October, and... That gets all the time, dude. Is this is this a is this a new uh, Moody Blues album? Like, no. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> a reason why it sounds like. <laughs> but it sounds Moody like Blues it. Album. But um, yeah, so I had to educate the whole crew on why War of the Worlds was a big deal, and you know, well, that was back then. People aren't that stupid now, right? It's like, well, let me <laughs> tell you this know. story. <laughs> so. Did Julian just roll his eyes and walk away because he's heard it twenty times now? 
hell, but. <laughs> And then uh, got home and asked Mel how uh, trick-or-treating with Katrina went. And it was so funny because they went to, they were going to go to the mall. And then they got a text from one of Mel's brothers. She was like, the mall's out of candy. Don't go. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? I mean, like half an hour into oh, the I'm thing. I'm glad that uh, my kids didn't go then because yeah. they were going to go. So they decided, well, we'll just go ahead and hit the neighborhood um, you know, around where, where we live. And there's a couple of streets there and stuff. So they went and just on, I don't know, I think they made like two blocks. And Katrina got almost a full bucket of candy. Because apparently it had been one of those where it was like no one was coming, nobody to was coming door yeah. to door, so she can have as many as she wants. And Katrina kind of stood there and started grabbing <laughs> handfuls of candy. I think my and mom said she only had a couple, and Sarah's mom had none. Mel was apologizing. It's her first year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but she apparently she was really into the. She said trick or treat. She said thank you. She was you know doing that, <laughs> and so they made it two blocks. And she looked up. And she said, "No more trick or treat, Grandma. I'll go home." <laughs> I said, what? She goes, no more trick-or-treat. I go home. Oh, well, okay, if you're sure. And they were with um, Aaron and, and uh, Ryan. His said, hey, there's another light on. Give me a bucket, Grandma. <laughs> she would take the bucket and go running down to the next house. So they did that a couple of times, apparently, while, while she did that. And then she finally came back and said, no more trick-or-treat, Grandma. I go home. She said, are you sure? She goes, yeah. Okay. So they started to head home. I said, like, well, here's the light on. No, Grandma, no more trick-or-treat. <laughs> okay, we're officially done. done at this point. But she had a good time, so that was fun. And I missed it. I'm still a little angry about that. And then uh, we watched Maleficent, which comes out on Tuesday on DVD and Blu-ray this week. I will not give my full review of Maleficent. <laughs> Because it's 20 minutes long. It is, yeah, it'd be longer than our normal podcast. I would need a whole other podcast just to talk about how much I disliked this movie. It borders on Transformers dislike. And I can say that because Sleeping Beauty is my all-time favorite classic Disney film. That is the I, I love everything about it. I love the colors and that we did it for flicks with Disney with friends, and I actually managed to tune into that one. I made a point of getting better. First one done in Cinema's Cove. It's the, everything about it works and it's beautiful, and I love it. And I love Maleficent as a character, and everything about her works and is awesome, and she's terrifying, and just everything clicks on all cylinders with this. And so when I heard they were doing Maleficent the movie, I just got super excited, and then I got really nervous. Because you can't screw this up for me. You've got to do this right. I will say that Angelina Jolie was phenomenal. That she looked the part. She acted the part. Everything about her was great. All of the Maleficent moments. Her walking into the the, 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 the ballroom or the court thing. Uh, walking with the staff. Her sitting in the chair stroking the bird. The laugh. The green fire. All of that. Spot on. Exactly how it should have been. Exactly what I wanted. Unfortunately, it was couched in this absolute piece of junk story. And they pulled the teeth from this character. They made her a tragic victim, and they kind of made her, you know, a hero. And they kind of <laughs> did this, this. No, I just want an evil Maleficent. And I didn't realize it was a retelling. I thought it was a prequel-esque story, like, oh, it's a great and powerful. Yeah. But it's a full-out remake. It's a full-out retelling of, of the Sleeping Beauty legend. And I'm sure there are some people that will go into it and enjoy it just fine for what it is. And, I mean, it's a pretty movie to look at. But all of all of the stuff that's the kind of setup for where they're going to go with this retelling, you could have done that movie 
and not had anything to do with Sleeping Beauty and been fine. And it would have been just as magical and wonderful and, and entertaining and all that kind of stuff. But they started going as pet, and I just I was, I was banging my head I was like, please don't go there, please don't go there, please. And I'll be honest, my perceptions were colored ahead of time because I'd read many reviews that kind of said this is where they went with it, and I knew it was like that's exactly where I didn't want you to go with it. So I didn't go see it in the theater, and I was really kind of dreading watching it. But I tried. I really did try to put my happy face on and go, okay, this is gonna be good. And there were things that I took away from it that were quite enjoyable, but everything else about it sucked, and it was really, really, really bad. And you would be particularly offended at the fact that they ripped off other Disney films. Uh, yeah. Um, There's a couple of very visual, oh, I know where you got that scene from. Um, so I'll leave it at that. But well, I, I, for, I cannot endorse this picture. <laughs> most of what you've just said is the reason why I haven't watched it yet either, because I was the same way. It's it's not my favorite, but it's on it's up there on the top of my list. And so and Maleficent is my favorite villain. It's, it's one of the most iconic so and best I, I went through yeah. the same motions, excited, nervous, and then trepidatious. And now yeah, I just got to the point where, you know, I said, you know, I'll wait till it gets to DVD and, and spend some money there. That way I don't waste so much money on something I know I'm not going to like. Yeah. just I did the same thing, too. I read all the reviews and found out where they went with it and thought, that's where I didn't want you to go. That's <laughs> exactly the wrong take yep. for that character. And, and, and just a note to filmmakers is I, I don't need the backstory of the villain. I really don't want to know why they were evil. I really don't want you to present them as this, oh, well, they were really a nice person until this happened. I yeah. don't need to know that. Just let them be evil. Yep. And that's fine. And the history is full of great villains that got ruined by backstory. Yep. Darth Vader. <laughs> and <laughs> That's part of the reason I haven't gone to see Dracula Untold, because I'm a little Ugh. a little afraid. Although, unfortunately, that's that setting up the new universe. That yeah, doing. late late in the game. Did you hear that? They rewrote the ending just yeah. to tie it into the universe yeah. they're getting ready to establish. Which I, I, I am I excited no, about. I'm excited about but the now universe. now that Untold is tied no in, now I'm seeing Dracula again, Untold. Well, I... Which universe? Was, they're, they're, they're recreating the Marvel... The Universal Marvel uh, Monsters. Universal Marvel Monster Universe. Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman. Universal, um, not uni- Marvel. Universal. Universal. Did we say Marvel? You said Marvel. Oh, Universal, sorry. Universal. universal. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, so is Wolfman going to be part of that? Yeah. No, they're no, going to no, 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 no. redo it. They're yeah, redoing redo. it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one's Twitch. Yeah, told Twitch, wasn't originally Twitch. slated to be on there, and then they, they retconned it so that it will. Well, they didn't really retcon it. They just they, rewrote it to tie in. Hmm. It's okay. a movie I watched a trailer of, and I had no interest in seeing. But I want to see these other movies. Well, see, now it's, I have to see it now. So. Uh, something I'll pick up at the library. There was like a... I saw a movie on Sci-Fi Channel a long time ago that they kind of tried to do a Dracula Untold type thing, but made it more actually historic. That wasn't very good either. <laughs> so anytime you try to do the untold story of Vlad the Impaler, it's not very good. Well... Uh, <laughs> The problem is, is that the Dracula legend is only tied to Vlad the Impaler because of Bram Stoker. That's the only and, and, reason. But, and the impression if, I get from... you go back to the Vlad the Impaler story, the actual history, yeah, there's no vampirism yeah. in it at all. And it was Bram Stoker's idea. And that, and the actually, well, I'll go into when I talk about what I did this week. <laughs> Dracula Untold looks like it tries to meld those two together. That's exactly More than it needs yeah, to. That's and, what it's, doing. and that's what the sci-fi movie tried to do. And it just didn't... It was more less vampiric, more Vlad, but it did not do a good job at it either. 
I'm done. So go ahead. What did you do this week? I watched a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Lay them on us. Um, well, the first one, <clears throat> spinning off of that, the uh, the story. You watched uh, Riddick. No, I watched. <laughs> no, I that got on the back burner because of all the other stuff. I you went and saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The uh, <laughs> first thing I watched was on. Uh, we I have the Smithsonian Channel on Apple TV now. And so I've been perusing a lot of that, and they had one on there for Halloween week, which was called The Vampire Princess. And <laughs> what it is is they some uh, explorers, and I can't remember what country. I want to say it's Austria. They dug up um, some bones, and they found that they had been buried in the traditional vampire s- style, where they had either had they were uh, beheaded and had their head between their knees, and they were buried that way, or uh, some of them had marks on them as though they'd been driven through by. Uh, stakes and things like that. And so they kind of started this process of tracing the connection to Bram Stoker, who Stoker, who really had kind of a grasp on the vampir- vampirial legends that had evolved in the uh, 18th century, 18th, 19th century. And so <clears throat> what they did is they used that to kind of trace back where Bram had gotten his inspiration. And they found out that it, that Vlad had just been kind of used because that was a, a, a because he was such an evil man. But what they found out is they found this uh, she wasn't a countess; she was a baroness, I believe, in this country near where they had found these bones. And the idea of vampirism, if, it, if vampirism as nobody knows, is that at one point there were some mysterious things happening, and they thought that the bodies were coming up from the grave at night that these vampires weren't dead and they were the ones that were wreaking havoc. Nobody ever saw a vampire and everybody ever <laughs> ever witnessed any sort of vampirism. Any. But what they did is that it, it caused this rash of fear where they would just randomly dig up bodies and drive stakes in them or behead them just to make sure that they wouldn't then rebury them in another location. It's the and only way so, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so apparently there was this baroness who had... She had dabbled in the occult. She had taken. She she wanted to have a child, but she was quite old, and she had tried and tried and tried for years, so that she, her husband would have a, an heir, and she would drink the milk of a wolf, and because that was said to have had uh, uh, qualities in order to cause you to become fertile, and she does end up eventually having a child, and. If I remember right, I think the child ended up dying, which was totally devastation. At the same time, her husband was killed as well. So she went into, like, recluse, and she she became very ill. And they moved her to, uh, out of pity and compassion, they moved her to another uh, palace uh, to live out basically the rest of her life. But because she had become very pale and she because she was losing blood and it was another thing is they you know that was one of the treatments back there was to bleed people so that was causing her to become anemic and 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 so she took on these traits these at least the people thought visual traits of being a vampire and because and then after she finally died they moved her back to her own um town that she grew up and lived in with her husband but they buried her in a church like deep deep inside hmm. and when they came to go that after after they found these graves and realized where she was probably buried they found the church and they got permission she's buried under the altar of the church and so they got permission to uh, pull up the boards to get to her grave and when they got down there, they realized they had they dragged a hole. Like they drilled a hole because that's what they were doing. Send a camera down in there because they didn't want to disturb the grave. And as they drilled, drilled down in, they couldn't get any further. And they realized that this thing had been encased in like stone. 
That's how afraid that they were that she was going to come back from the dead. And so they ended up having to do an ultrasound and discovered that – and they didn't get a lot of information, but they discovered that this was actually her grave. And they think that that was Bram Stoker's actual Stoker's, Stoker's actual inspiration. Huh. But then he changed the story to uh, be Vlad Imp- the Impaler because he was such an evil thing. And yeah. so he kind of morphed the story into Vlad instead of this – Vampire Princess. So interesting. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. interesting. It, was, it was pretty neat. Um, so that got piqued my interest this week and decided that was going to be my Halloween uh, movie because uh, I always do the Universal Monsters week of Halloween. And so I watched Dracula, which still is the one of the best vampire movies ever. Uh, I watched. Followed that up with. I just I went on the sequels. Actually, I'll let me, I'll let me back up because I told Keith this story this week. I went downstairs and was so excited to watch Dracula that I went down to my Universal Horror Monsters shelf, which I don't have a lot of them because I have some that are like digital files and some that I've bought from iTunes and things like that. But I've always had Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy. I have the first one of each of those. I went downstairs thinking I had Dracula. There's no Dracula down there. So I don't know if I've (laughs) lost it or loaned it out or just never had it and thought I had. So I thought, all right, making a trip to Best Buy. So I jumped in the car and went to Best Buy and... uh, saw that they had the DVD. And I went, oh, cool. All right. So, or the Blu-ray. So I picked the Blu-ray up. And as I picked the Blu-ray up, it's just the one. There's none of the rest of the series. And I thought, well, I'll have to dig around and see if I can find my rest of my stuff so that I can watch all these. Right next to it is that 2004 DVD legacy collection of the Dracula films. And I went, 10 bucks for Blu-ray, 17 bucks for <laughs> the legacy collection with all of the Dracula films. And I went... <laughs> On, how DVD, much, on DVD how, or on DVD. On the, okay. How much better could the quality be on a Blu-ray of, an old, of a 1931 black and white film than it is on the DVD that they've restored See, for that? Matt, Matt at work swears by it. He thinks Blu-ray actually improves old black and white films. Well, and I think it does. I think the it does, I think it's yeah. upgraded. I think it, the, the quality is better. But is it enough better to justify buying one film when I can own all... Six of them, and because you know me, I'm a Blu-ray hardcore. I yeah. I will I don't go. I rarely go back to DVD on anything. Now, if I have a bunch of DVDs that I probably will not replace for a long time because they are sufficient on DVD. But when I go buy stuff, I always want the best quality as I buy it. But this was one of those exceptions that I went. I have all of those films now. If I do that, I don't have to go searching for them. I don't have to look online because I think I, last year I had to watch one of them that was luckily was on YouTube. Uh, one of the Frankenstein films mm-hmm. was on YouTube, and so I went. Okay, so I grab it, and as I'm getting ready to walk away, Frankenstein <laughs> collection catches my eye. And I thought, well, I already have this one, but it's on DVD. And I, I think I have House of Frankenstein. And so I'm like, well, that's Dracula, so that that would fill my Dracula. But I've got it here, but I should get this one to get House. And I went, all right, I'm spending $30 today to get or $35 again. So I picked up Frankenstein. So I have all of the Frankenstein films now on DVD. I have all of the Dracula films on DVD. And I'm excited. And so I go home. And I already have Wolfman at home or I have Invisible Man. So I go home and I <laughs> sit down and I open this thing up. And I put it in and I watch Dracula. Well, it doesn't occur to me. Well, I'll get there. So I watch Dracula. And then I think the next morning I watched um, Dracula's Daughter, which is the direct sequel. Then I watched Son of Dracula. And then I watched... This is progressing throughout the week. And then I think I stopped there because Halloween had come, and I'll, I'll go into Halloween night. Uh, I had to work, but I did come home uh, over the dinner break and take the kids trick-or-treating in the, in the neighborhood, which is what I usually do every year. So we, we you know perused our neighborhood and, and got trick-or-treats, and then I went back to work. And trick-or-treat was a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm trying to undersell that based on glowing over my movies. But uh, that night I came home, but Caitlin and Holly, Halloween night, were watching something out in the living room. And so I went to my room, and they were watching some Disney Channel that I'm sure Caitlin has seen 500 times, and I'm sure Holly was just sleeping. And so, <laughs> so I'm I say went, Halloween Town Two. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I went back. So I went back to the bedroom, and as I was flipping around, just as I landed on TCM, House of Wax with Vincent Price, and I went, "Well, this will do for now." So, so I watched House of Wax on Halloween night. And then after everybody went to bed, I went out and watched uh, House of Frankenstein. So I went out and watched Frank- House of Frankenstein that night and then was getting really super tired. So I actually went to bed and then the next day watched um, House of Dracula. But lo and behold, to find out, because the Frankenstein films are all on one set and <laughs> Dracula films are all on one set, guess what's on both? <laughs> what, guess what I got two discs of now? Actually, three. I have three desks now of House of Frankenstein <laughs> because it's included in both editions. I have two <laughs> versions of House of Dracula because it's in two versions. And I have, which I haven't got to yet, which I'll probably watch uh, this week, Adam Costello <laughs> Frankenstein. Because, again, both of Frankenstein and Dracula movies. So um, that was pretty much my week. And I just blew through it. And the fun thing was... I was, I was thinking about joining for Friday Who. I wasn't sure if I had anything. But I was already watching House, or, uh, uh, House of Wax. House of yeah. Wax. And so I started tweeting out this random House of Wax revelation. Because I hadn't seen House of Wax in probably five or ten years. I think that's what and, I haven't and there seen. Are ones that, and that's one of those movies that when I watch it, I love House of Wax. Oh, it's so good. That's why I, I stopped and said, okay, this is what I'm watching now. Because this House of Wax is so, it has nothing to do with universal horror movies no, or anything. It's just- but. If it's Vincent Price, it's good. Exactly. And so I was like, so I'm watching this and I thought, oh, I'd forgotten about that. And so I was tweeting out my uh, House of Wax revelations. <laughs> oh, I spelled the first one wrong. But um, anyway, um, first of which is, um, what was my first one? Oh, that when the, and they're in the police station and uh, she's describing her attacker. And they said, well, if the guy looked like that, then he'd obviously been down in the uh, loony bin. And I thought, okay, so automatically, if you're ugly or disfigured, the police think you're nuts and you should be in a loony bin. And uh, what was my next one? The next one was Charles Bronson, which is he got, he's got a different name. I mean, he uses his real name because I think it was his first film. Mm. Um, but it is Charles Bronson. Changed it later. And uh, that he even looked creepy when he was young. A lot of guys, you know, you look at him and go, no, oh, they're really creepy when they're old. But when they're younger, oh, they're actually pretty handsome. No, Charles Bronson, <laughs> does, he did not change. I've always thought that when I see him in The Great Escape. Anytime He's better I see, looking in The Great well, Escape. But, uh, but, even there, yeah. I look at him and I go, so that's Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised Ben got into films. He's not an attractive guy to (laughs) begin with, really. But you see him in that, and then you see him later, and it's like, well, he grew into it. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. is, I think he he looks better when he's older because he wears the mustache a lot. He's got kind of the longer, bull-cut hair. Um, Yeah, when he was a kid, he was just, whoa. (laughs) And then I had forgotten that House of Wax, which they don't show in 3D now, but was a 3D film back in the day. And, of course, you see all of the 3D gimmicks, like the guy with the paddle ball outside of Axelwax trying to get you know, people to come in off the street and see the horrors. And he's just, I mean, obviously flipping that paddle ball at the, at the screen, and it's coming, like, right to it. And I thought, I wonder, I keep thinking, I wonder what this looks like in 3D. You know, we have... The can-can dancers on the stage in the one scene. We have thing. the 3D Blu-ray at work. 
of House of Wax. <laughs> How much is that? I don't know. You, you have, is, is, it a, is, it a, is it a 3D? And it's got a 3D. Is it set red? 3D? I have 3D glasses. Is it red and blue glasses? Uh, I, I think it? it's for the new TVs. Oh, I'm sure. oh is it? I think. Probably oh. for the new TVs. They've been doing that for some of the classics. Oh, boomer. I want the red and blue. We've got that and Dial M for Murder. Because um, Dial M for Murder is for I'd like to see those. Uh, 3D TVs. Those, those are the old 3D movies I think I'd think I'd like to see, even if it was the upconverted three-dimensional. Anyway, so I watched that, and then, yeah, like I said, uh, House of Dracula was yesterday. And then today, I took the, finally broke down and took Mason, because he's been wanting to see it, and I told him I'd take him to see it, and Caitlin decided, hey, I'll go too. So we went and saw uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which got a really bad rap, because it's not a bad film. Mm-hmm. It is Michael Bay... <laughs> so it's un- way over the top, unrealistic action, which was my only problem. With and it. just producing it, not directing. I've, got, yeah, so I've gotten past the. I heard there was a lot I've of got, plot issues too. I've got see, I didn't think and character the, the, issues. The, the, the plot is rushed along, but I didn't have. I it it stays to the heart and spirit of TMNT. Okay. They 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 aren't aliens, as everybody purported they were going to be. The, well, they the were chemical, and then they changed the it chemical the script, that they, they used in order to mutate them was from an alien source, which I'm okay with that because they, they never experimented. They, uh, they didn't end up in the sewers in a thing of ooze and become teenage mutant ninja well, They were lab rats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that. So I didn't have problem. I didn't have a problem with the look. Everybody's had a problem I don't like with their the faces. look. I don't uh, like but their it, faces it's one of those things that it finally got. I got used to it. But it's almost it's almost uncanny valley now the way they've done it. Yeah, you look at it, it's like. Well, yeah. Well, their faces almost have like this guy's walking around in New York somewhere. I mean, it's just yeah. And their faces almost splinter more so. He he wouldn't be in a. He wouldn't be walking around. He'd be in a loony bin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Splinter even more. I thought Splinter looked great from what I saw. He He looks phenomenal. Um, I, I'm Shredder is Shredder. Don't you it, know? Everybody's April O'Neil's father was Shredder. No, well, that's what everybody was purporting at the beginning because that's what it looked like they were leading up to. No, it's not April's father. Now April it, took it, care it, of the Ninja Turtles when she was a little girl. Didn't realize it because they were turtles at the time, but they were in her dad's lab. No, that was cool. I thought I was not going to like that, and then I thought that's kind of a neat way to approach that because they felt like they had to protect her when she discovers their secret. And tries and goes to, and I don't want to give too much away, but she goes to the powers that be, or not the powers that be, the uh, the the well, the the big the big bad, you know that the uh, foot, yeah. Well, it's not even the foot. William Fincher, yeah, it goes to yeah. William Fincher and reveals that they're still alive. And of course, by that time, is William Fincher her dad? No, no, uh, he's uh, Shredder, isn't he? No, no he's, he's somebody uh, else. That's another thing is everybody kept saying, oh, William Fincher's. Uh, but okay, Shredder. No, he's not. Shredder, Shredder. <laughs> was was Shredder a transforming machine? Because it looks like Shredder. A, his his, his it, suit looks it's like it's his a transforming. Suit, no, his suit is a robotic samurai suit. Now he's still there's still a man in there, and the only thing robotic about it, which I thought was cleverly done, are the the blades. They go, you know, they come out, and he's got these awesome blades, which makes sense that that's why I call him Shredder. But then the I'm going to give something away, but he throws these blades out of this suit, and they fly, and the turtles, of course, are unrealistically dodging them. But um, <laughs> the cool thing is then he, then he the turns Matrix. on this electromagnetic thing, 
and all of the blades come back. And I thought, oh. wow, now that's clever. But that's all. I mean, you, okay. you hear the, the, the gears because the, it's a large The trailer suit. makes it look like it's more like a Transformer he's than not, anything else. He's a, he doesn't transform. It sounded like It's a very robotic. Too. The suit is very robotic, mm-hmm. but it's because it's this you know, massive suit. Silver so, Samurai yeah, suit from exactly. the Wolverine. It wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not that big something. either. I like that one. <laughs> Um, I wasn't a big fan of it. But. I, I will point out, though, that as the turtles think that they're plummeting to their death, Leo asks... <laughs> I'm going to give this joke away. Leo asks, does anybody have any last words before if this is the end? And, of course, Donatello says, I'm the one that takes the Pop-Tarts out of the box and licks the, well, licks the frosty knife, ice, uh, icing off and then puts them back in the box. And then Mikey goes, I'm going to be honest... I didn't really understand the last episode lost. <laughs> and of course, Ralph, Ralph's more of a impassioned lat, which I won't give that away because it, really, it was really kind of tear jerking. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I didn't really understand the last episode lost. I'm dying. Or Caitlin looks at me and goes, What? <laughs> it's, a, it's a TV show, don't worry about it. So anyway, it got a bad uh, just, it, just on that joke, I may actually have to watch this. Sort of, sort of glad I didn't pay full price because it's not a phenomenal film, but it's, it was fun. Mason absolutely loved it, so that made it ten times better for me as well. Uh, and he watches TMNT on Nickelodeon now, you know, the, the new animated series. So. It, don't go into it. It is nothing like the original films that we remember as kids. It's nothing like that. But it's got the spirit of all of it. Okay. The pizza, the with, sewers, with that, winter, with, with your review, sensei. I'll give it a chance. I wasn't going to before. Now I'll actually... Definitely wait till it's at the library. I'll, I'll get it at the library. <laughs> but it, it's not better. Or, now, or until now, Mike buys it for now, Audi and then I'll borrow it. The action scenes are way over the top. Suddenly, well, suddenly like Ninja Turtles are bulletproof, which I had problems with, but their shells are nearly impermeable. But yeah, it's that that was a little. I, out c- there, I could but. almost buy that a little bit if they if it's the backside because it's bigger and thicker now. I was fine with that because that's what they would do. They kept turning around and using them as kind of shields, and I thought okay, that's they would need cool. to go and dig them out. But, but then it there's this go through to hurt them. There's this one point where Roth gets shot in the front part, which they've got that turtle shell in the front. It's, but, but then it's he like flexes his muscles and the little bolts go and fall off of it. I'm like, well then there's no, why were they even worried about dying? Well, yeah, I know. I guess if you got shot in the head or the arm or something. No, they, well, when they're well, dying, they're actually plummeting. Yeah, but <laughs> plummeting. If, if your shell's bulletproof, you might be able to survive well, that too. Maybe. I mean, duck inside and call it good. Although April's also plummeting and she survived. I'm not going to give that away. It's, it, that that part was. Is bit. Megan Fox as atrocious as I no, imagine no, no, she no, is? No, in no, it? no. And that was the neat thing was the whole time I watched it, I did not see Megan Fox at all. Hmm. She really was that because it was the in the dark. No, no, or? no, no. Actually, she looked. Quite different. I, she's she didn't look like she did in Transformers, which is probably the last thing I ever saw her in. So she was actually clothed. She was clothed <laughs> the whole thing. That makes a huge. She difference. had the yellow jacket, which which worked for me. Although her hair, they there were shots where it looked like they tried to make it kind of amber, but <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, That's one thing that in the original film, I don't think I, don't I think remember the, having that in there. Is the yellow jacket? The character out of place is um, to me is Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. He's totally a mess. He seemed. They announced him. I was like, well, he's not Casey, so that doesn't make yeah. any sense of who he is. Casey didn't show up unless we didn't stay for a post credit sequence in case there is one. So. I don't know. 
I figured maybe Will Mason. Arnett will become Casey in the next. One. I can't imagine <laughs> Will Arnett as Casey Jones. It's hard to top uh, what's his face who played Casey in the first film. He did such a good job. Yeah. I can't remember his name now, but I've, every time I see him, it's Casey Jones. It's not whoever the actor is. So anyway, I give it a B minus. I think as far as enjoyment. Hmm. Yeah. Not as horrible as everybody made out. And that's another thing is I kind of stayed away well, from the big reviews box because I, success, I was afraid so. if I read the reviews, I'd go in there with more critical eye. Mm-hmm. So all I had was the lead up with everybody saying, oh, it looks like Shredder's April's dad. Oh, it looks like this guy's Shredder. Oh, it looks like, oh, you know, the, the turtles are mutants. Oh, it lo- or not mutants. Uh, aliens. 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 And so I saw all that and that was kind of the I'm fairly certain there was a script where the where it came from it alien. Start, and, it started and that way. Yeah, and they changed it. Eastman said no, no, no. And there was enough backlash that they had to change it. There's enough of the core story there to make it a, a, a TMNT movie. <laughs> Did they set it up for a sequel? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of. But he lives. <laughs> That's enough. Oh, I didn't Spoilers. Know. I, didn't, lived. I, I didn't know if there was like an ongoing threat that was left dangling. Um, no, not really. Think we're gonna get Although super they did, shredder. They did come. They, did, they do show up in the end in the uh, nearly perfect. Uh, not nearly perfect because it doesn't visually look like it, but the fan. Oh, the turtle fan. <laughs> nice at the very end of the movie. I saw some of the concept art. They were gonna have Bebop and Bebop and Rocksteady in it. Some this one or next? Yeah, oh. or uh, it was. I saw it as the movie came out. Here's concept art that wasn't used for anything, and they looked really good. <laughs> well, I think those two I would have been okay I think, with it. better think, than Toka and Razor. I think, <laughs> which Shredder, I always liked. Them, I didn't too, <laughs> but I was a kid. <laughs> I think Shredder made it away with the mutagen, so probably we'll see more based on that. So. Maybe a super. Shredder. They are stupid. They're not stupid. They're infants. Bang! <laughs> All right, the stupid infants. The Secret of the Ooze is so cheesy, and even I, watching it as a kid, I knew it was cheesy, but I, I, love I loved Ooze. it so much. You know, I had no idea that there was so much backlash of the first film, that when they made Secret of the so Ooze... So violent. The, yeah, because the first film was so violent. Oh, it's very a dark film. For, when you watch it now, though, it's like... How did we think this was violent? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, apparently they wouldn't. I, I didn't. I, I, I had no idea because I just went into the ooze and had a blast. I just had a lot of fun with that one. And then later, it wasn't just like literally like two weeks ago. I found out that they wouldn't let them use their weapons. And yep. in, in, so there's not one single scene in Secret oh, of the Ooze where they that. pull a sword or anything. Yep. And you know, Mikey beats up a guy oh, with sausages in, and stuff. Yep. Like, it was in the uh, honest trailer. Yeah, I think that was where I saw it. I was like, really. And I had to go back and think about it. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch it. I yeah, I love Secret of the Ooze. It's David Warner. Uh, <laughs> that's where my love of David Warner started. Oh, I love David Warner far before that. So well, for me, it was just like, hey, I, look, there's David Warner. I think Tron started my love of David Warner. I, that was the first thing I ever saw him in. I spent far too much time on TMNT stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did this week. Lots of movie watching. Oh Lots man, the movie Dracula movie. movies so are so good, though. I'm gonna have to borrow those so I can watch them. It's you know what? I didn't, and I knew this, but it didn't really gel with me that you know, Bela Lugosi is only in Dracula. Or no, excuse me, he only plays Dracula in Dracula and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's John Carradine for three of the films or two of the films, and uh, of course, there's no Dracula and son and daughter, so. 
Really? In fact, um, I did it's, not know that. Well, it's, and it's real ambiguous because in Son of Dracula, Lon Chaney Jr. plays Dracula. And he's going by the name Alucard so that nobody knows he's Dracula. Although somebody immediately realizes it at first. And it's never implied because they say he seem, he must be a descendant of Dracula. So, And obviously the title of the film is Son of Dracula. So you assume that he's a descendant or son of Dracula. And then David Carradine, which if you watch, by the way, anybody warning, if you're watching... <laughs> Spoiler warning. If you're watching Dracula movies and you and you watch House of Frankenstein for Dracula, he's only in it for like the first 17 minutes. Because he is, Bela Lugosi is Dracula in House of Frankenstein. No, he's right? not. No, it's John Carradine. Really? Bela Lugosi Even only played... No, Weird. Bela Lugosi is not in House of Frankenstein. Bela Lugosi did not... Uh, oh, I'm thinking of Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Jr. is I'm, in I'm, it. I'm and confusing. He, Lon Chaney Jr. is the only person to have played his character's role... In every film that he was in, Bella Lugosi plays Dracula in uh, Dracula. And Boris Karloff plays the monster in Frankenstein. After that, neither of those guys return to the role because oh, uh, Boris is, Frank- is in uh, House of Frankenstein, though. He is in it, but he does he not, not play the monster. monster. He plays the Mad Doctor. He plays uh, I can't remember his name. Dr. So who's Stav Neiman? Who's who's Frankenstein and and Abbott and Costello make Frankenstein? That might have been. Now that I say that, uh, that might have been Boris Karloff. I, I thought that was Boris. Sure. Oh, Boris! Did you say he was Bride of in Bride? Oh, he was in Bride. I'm he sorry, was, he did he play. He did reprise, reprise the role in Bride, and then that was his last. No, I don't think he is. I think Glenn. Um, Oh, I can't remember the guy that played Frankenstein beyond that. Well, obviously, Bela Lugosi played Frankenstein's monster in Curse of Frankenstein. Ironically, Boris Karloff was <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and Abbott and Costello meets Dr. Jekyll That's and what it Hyde. was, yeah. He played, yeah, after, after Bride of Frankenstein, Boris Karloff did not play the monster again. Huh. Yeah, he had, he had many other roles. In a lot of the Universal I did not, Horror, not even that. just the monster films, but Bela Lugosi the same way. And I guess Lugosi, realistically, once you're in the makeup, yeah. it's like it well, could I think be that anybody, was part of it. You know, that and, they decided uh, why not. Lugo- I think well, Boris Karloff for sure wanted to prove his acting chops. In fact, that's why they gave him lines as the monster in Bride of Frankenstein. He actually speaks in that uh, movie. Um, but yeah, he, they, neither one of those guys became with making such iconic. Roles. Glenn Strange. Glenn Strange played the monster for most of the. Re- I think uh, was in Abbott and Costello at least. Yes, he was in that. He was also in House of Frankenstein. I think he played it in House of Dracula, and I think even in Frankenstein versus the Werewolf and Curse of Frankenstein. I think it was still Glenn Strange. Is that what you said? Yeah, Glenn yeah, Strange. Glenn Strange. Huh. So, Glenn Strange has played the monster more <laughs> than anybody else, and it wasn't wasn't the first. And doesn't get the recognition. And, you know, Bella Lugosi played the monster in um, Curse of Frankenstein, I think it was. <laughs> Things I did not know. You knew Bella Lugosi was in Wolfman. He plays the gypsy. Yes. By that one I knew. Yeah. And Lon Chaney Jr. Got to play almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever played the monster, but he played uh, uh, Frankenstein, or Dracula, or in a version of Dracula. Actually, I think when they opened Universal Studios, he was the first guy that was out there on the on the streets. It was the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> so he did play the monster. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to news? 
Yes, please. So I quit talking about universe <laughs> monsters because I could talk about it all night. That'll be on the Flicks with Friends I, podcast. I could talk about how they're they're really careful with the continuity <laughs> until the Wolfman dies in <laughs> House of Frankenstein, and then ceremoniously shows up in House of Dracula <laughs> when they make meticulously call back how the Mad Doctor and Frankenstein end up in the movie and why they're there and what happened. But don't address at all how <laughs> Dracula shows back up after dying once again, although you can kind of forgive that one because of the way they bring him back in House of Frankenstein. And <laughs> these are also these are some things that I noticed this week that I have never really paid that much attention well, to. Well, now we're more focused them. on shared universes exactly, because of and I Marvel. I think that's why. But for, for some reason, the continuity... <laughs> They don't explain Dracula or Wolfman, but they go through much detail in re- recounting why the uh, Mad Doctor and the and Frankenstein end up where or the uh, Frankenstein's monster end up where they're at. So anyway, okay, take it away. Well, away we we me. goofed. We decided we wanted to do another movie, and so we but didn't just, realize it doesn't make any sense. Hey, look, they, Jeff Goldblum. Why they call attention to this one, but they don't call attention to these two? Larry just shows up, Doctor. I need help. Cure me. <laughs> but Wait, you were dead. But you got shot. The t- she shot you with a silver bullet. I saw it happen. It was only a flesh wound. <laughs> that only works on werewolves. Oh, wait. <laughs> you know what you didn't watch this week? You didn't <laughs> watch... No. You, 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 you didn't watch Love at First Bite. I did not, yeah. Because you didn't reply to my text. I saw your text, though, yeah. I just had it all ran out and ready for you in case you wanted to come by and grab it. And, uh-huh. I may still watch it, you know, even though Halloween's over. just didn't go there. Yeah, I still have a couple movies I want to watch, even though I didn't get to them. What's in the news? Uh, news. There's a Kickstarter now for a Doctor Who convention... That they're calling Peladon, that will be in Kansas City next year. So Ooh. you can kick some funds. They're trying to get a five thousand dollar goal, um, which I think they can easily meet. Yeah, uh, October 9th through eleventh of twenty fifteen. They've already spoken to four celebrities and agreed to attend the convention, but they're not going to announce three of which are companions. They yes. have said that. They have stated that they're not going to announce who, and you can't buy tickets officially yet. Uh, you get tickets. For being a pledge of sixty dollars, which is cheaper than what tickets would be, assuming the thing gets off the ground, yeah. right? That's yes. what I've been told by one of the organizers. Yes, um, and so there's uh, there's going to be a dealer's room, costumes, all sorts of great fun con stuff uh, for Kansas City. So we're very excited about this. The, the beauty of this is, is I've been waiting for years because apparently they had one twenty five years ago, I guess, but that was or soon after I moved here. Uh, um, but all of these years lamenting the fact that Gallifrey is on one coast and Chicago is still 16 hours away, and, and knowing now, that they have these... Ally who is yeah, the, and, and on the other coast. And so knowing that the, these conventions are just really unattainable most years for me, knowing that there's going to be one 50 miles down the road is... Fantastic! Well, and so just, sad. just I hope seeing it does the well. response of Doctor Who at Planet Comic Con, it warrants its own convention. Well, look just at the, based on that. Look at the communities on Facebook too. I mean, look oh, at yeah. the uh, 
uh, Kansas City Time Lord Society, which has been around for a while. Uh, Whovians of Wichita. Wichita. Then we've got Time the Lords Time Lords of Kansas and the Time Lords of Topeka and Lawrence Facebook sites now. Yeah. Uh, it's just and the, it'll, the interest the Nebraska. is there. It'll Nebraska. draw Nebraska fans, Oklahoma, obviously Missouri. Uh, I'm sure... The guys over in St. Louis, the CIA would come over for it. Yep, hopefully. So. I'm 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 more than ecstatic that we're finally getting a Doctor Who convention here in the Midwest. Uh, tickets, if you don't go with the Kickstarter, won't be available until after the first of the year. They're going to get a site up and then start announcing guests. So expect stuff at the first of the year, and we will share the. F- it's on our Facebook page, and we'll include a link, and yeah. we'll we'll remind you throughout as we get closer to the first of the year of this con- convention that. We're very excited for and it. And one more time, that's October 9th through 11th yes. next year. Peladon. I like the name. I do, too. Oh, that was cool. I think we should cosplay as Mikey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's it in the news. I don't know of any Mikey. I just know Alpha Centauri. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> I'll say it. I knew what the reference was. <laughs> no, I know you know what the reference was. <laughs> you know, a bit of news we should mention, maybe. If anything, Mikey was inspired by Alpha Centauri. Oh, absolutely. Sure, we'll go there. <laughs> uh, if you didn't see it, go to our Facebook page. We shared, or Glenn posted, the Sean Pertwee photo <laughs> from was, Halloween. Man, that was another one of those moments. <gasps> I had a lot of <gasps> moments this week. <laughs> the Kansas City Doctor Who Convention, Peladon, the um, uh, the announcement that Stephen Amell will be at our Kansas City Planet, Planet Comic Con. First guest announcement, which always means he'll be the one where, unfortunately, <laughs> due to other commitments, Stephen Amell will not be here. Shooting year. restrictions. <laughs> Uh, if anybody knows, doesn't know who Stephen Amell is, it's, uh, he, he plays the Arrow in the hit series, hit series, hit series, Arrow on uh, CW, one of my favorite shows on television right now. And he's coming to Kansas City. And then, of course, Sean Pertwee, dressed up as his dad for <laughs> Halloween. Oh my God. No, he dressed as the Third Doctor. Oh, okay, but his, he looks his dad so is the third much doctor. like his dad. I looked at that and I went. Oh, no way. And then I thought it was a fake. And I so I went to Sean Pertwee's actual Instagram, Instagram site, yeah. and there it was. And I went, oh. <laughs> and he just wrote, guess who I'm dressing up as Halloween this year? He had such like, a great pose oh, and look. Yeah. Uh, and that was an instant man. follow on Instagram. And the second thing I thought was, well, Pertwee's house is not any better than mine. He's <laughs> a movie star. I mean, really, it looked like... I looked. It, it I looked was like, looking at the background of his house like going, is this his house or house what? or something. And I was like, okay, I mean, now, now, granted, they don't have... I mean, British actors probably don't live extravagantly. And oh, so, he's, even he, when they come over he's here... he's US-based now. Oh, he is, because he, yeah. he's doing Gotham. But even over here, they probably live a little more humbly than... Because I, British actors, I think they have this mentality have of... I may not... Or mindset that I may not have a, a paycheck in, you know, two years. Like I they're, have They're now. much more working so they, they're actors. More, yeah, they're working they're, they're, actors. They're smarter than our guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, much. so I, I looked at the house and my first thought was... Well, his house isn't much nicer than mine. That clock on the background is like, did your dad give you that clock? Because he must have bought it new. <laughs> it almost kind of looks 70s. like a 70s house. It very much had that feeling. Now, Sean, if you're listening, your house looks very nice. We'd love to come visit. I was just I was just referencing the fact that my house looks nice, too, and yours doesn't look any more 
like fancy than mine does. <laughs> Although if he's in L.A., it probably costs twice <laughs> as I'm much. Sure, it costs three times, three as four much times as much in L.A. Back pedal, back pedal, back pedal. <laughs> oh, that made my day. That was the yeah. coolest photo. Anyways, feedback. 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 First up in feedback. Here's some feedback. Chrissy. Jazz hands. <laughs> even when we don't do it, it's there. So <laughs> You know they hear it. They hear it in their heads. Who was first? Chrissy. Uh, okay. Chrissy writes, happy 201st episode. Dear Vortex Thank you, Chrissy. Boys. You're the first person to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. I completely spaced that uh, last week was your 200 anniversary, And I forgot to say anything in feedback. So consider this a belated anniversary wish. Happy 201st episode. Confetti. <laughs> you guys are awesome podcasters and you put on a great show every week. But you're also great friends and the best internet buddies a girl could ask for. Thanks for all you do for all your listeners. And a big thanks on behalf of the Five-ish Fangirls podcast for your support and helping us get off the ground as well. It's it's good to, to see that we were able to pull that off. <laughs> that we seem like good friends. Because we really don't stand, we can't stand each other outside of doing this podcast. <laughs> No, we're, we're good friends to her, not to oh, each other. Oh, okay. Well, no, she says you're great friends and awesome podcasters, and then she says we're her internet buddies. So, you're also you're also great friends and the best internet buddies. I assume she was talking oh, in relation oh, okay. to herself. Well, she's got that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should all hear great. us bicker. It's we're horrible. all great friends. You should. You should really. You should hear how much we talk off the microphone. <laughs> Uh, she continues. Some bicker. We bicker on the mic. What are, we, who are we kidding? And I guess since I'm in my well wishes, I do have to add. I do have the added bonus of being able to put an explanation point on everything you boys said at the end of the last episode last week, because what you all said about having a community and friends to enjoy Doctor Who, as well as some of other our mutual, our our other mutual fandoms, is a huge part of why I still enjoy it so much. It's great to have favorite shows and movies and things, but when you can enjoy them with other people, you love it even more. In fact, I love that we've all kind of shared our favorite things, and that has allowed me to dip into these other shows and find new things that I wouldn't have tried otherwise. Arrow and Firefly are two things that come to mind that I have tied directly or tried directly because I heard about you guys talking about them. And you know, it's good to work. It's good to go to work and earn a living and take care of those day-to-day responsibilities, but you also need to have some something fun to look forward to that makes the everyday stuff worthwhile. It's good to have a personal challenge to listen to a couple of big Finnish audios or read a Doctor Who novel during the week so I have something to say in feedback. You guys sometimes call it homework, which it kind of is, but it's enjoyable homework. I look forward to Friday Night Who and blocking out time for that even if I have to work on Saturday morning. The whole community that's grown up around this podcast is amazing, and I thank you three for being the, the linchpin in it all of it. Oh, well, thank you, Chrissy. Yeah, Thanks, Chrissy. And yeah, we do call it homework, but it's nothing like that school homework we had as kids. <laughs> or young adults, those of us that went to college. Yeah. And I'm taking Sean's These Girls Are Nuts as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what did I think of Dark Water? Um... I'm going to be in the minority on this, but I felt very underwhelmed by it. Don't get me wrong, I thought it was a great episode. All the stuff with Clara and Danny was amazing. I love their relationship, 
And I love all the angst that came because Clara just followed the doctor's admonition to be skeptical about the person speaking over the intercom thing. I love that incredibly intense scene where Clara is throwing TARDIS keys into the volcano. It turns out it was a dream state. I love the follow-up to that doctor, to that and the doctor's line about Clara betraying, betraying him, but he still cares for her regardless. And I think that's the problem. Everything from the main three, the Doctor, Clara, and Danny, was fantastic. The rest, honest to goodness, I'm a little bit meh about it. Even the big reveal of Missy being the Master, I seriously thought, well, of course she is. I had that three months ago. I was tired of everyone in another sphere trying to be cagey about the skeletons and the dark water when I guessed that they were Cybermen when I first saw them. We were promised Cybermen in in this episode. They had to show up somewhere... Whether they were already converted or about to be converted is irrelevant. I just knew they would be Cybermen at some point. And that one dorky guy that kept banging on about voices in the white noise. Man, I was ready to throw my shoe at the guy before the doctor even said that he'd do it first. (laughs) Which kind of reminds me of those Monty Python clips of the people yelling, Get on with it! (laughs) Maybe I'm judging this episode unfairly since it's only the first part of the finale and therefore only half a story. There was a lot of fillery stuff that only served as pointless padding and brought down the truly exceptional stuff in the episode. Then again, it's been a while since I've had an actual two-part story, so maybe I've just forgotten how these things are paced out and have to get used to it all over again. Sorry to be a downer here, but I was less than impressed with the overall package, which is a shame because I've seen that a lot... I've seen that a lot of people really like this, and I'm glad they did. I'm not going to tell anyone what to like or dislike. I'm just telling you my own thoughts. I will admit, harvesting the minds of the dead to upload in Cybermen is definitely something the Master would do. It's crazy and cracky enough to be one of his-slash-her schemes. That's, so that's par for the course there. And again, happy belated Bicentimp anniversary. And here's to a whole lot more. And hooray for the service switch going off smoothly. I didn't notice a thing. <laughs> P.S. For the book club this month, month, we're reading Apollo 23 by Justin Richards. It's an 11th Doctor novel, so it should be an easy, easy to find. Happy reading, everyone. I'll have the poll for December up soon. I hope this weekend's been kind of crazy. <laughs> Holy crap, I've read that one, too. Yay! I can chime in on that. Me Which, too. by the way, you did your review... Two weeks ago, I think it was because, or three weeks ago, because you had read it, and you did your review on the actual book page, but you didn't link it or put it in the book club area. <laughs> so I went to look for your review in the book club area, and there's no review from Sean. I said I could have swore he sat there and typed that up that night when he realized he had read it, and then I went over to the book itself, and there was your review. So you didn't actually put it in the thread; so put, you just put it as a review uh, for the book in the discussion thread. <laughs> yeah, so. You might want to either link to it or copy and drop it in there so people that weren't savvy enough to find it in the actual book. I don't book. know how to use this yet. <laughs> that was the first book that you'd read. I'm not one of the cool we kids. Reading, I'm, so. I'm not part of the group, really. I'm just kind of here. Yeah, I went in there to chime in, and then I went, Where are Sean's comments? Where are Sean's comments at? I thought he just didn't finish typing it up and forgot to go back uh, to it. Uh, I gave him the benefit of the doubt that he did it. And I, then I, I clicked on the book itself. And I don't look at my feed on Goodreads other than going to the group. There you go. Um, speaking of epiversaries, we should reiterate that, yes, we do in that fact have prizes to give away. So <laughs> we weren't fooling We weren't on joking. That one. We do have prizes. We did not get any entries. My impression is nobody wants minifigs or um, 
region two DVDs. <laughs> That's more possible. for me. Maybe it's because we broke the setup and somebody doesn't want volume three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're gonna sweeten the pot with what, Sean? Sean's brought something else to the table to give away. Fresh from uh, the, the the publisher, we have a uh, a lovely black and white artist rendition of David Tennant on the cover of Titan Comics issue number one. Sealed. So it's one of the variants. It's one of the variant sealed. covers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Technically, it's sealed. This is, it's uh, bagged and boarded. There you go. <laughs> bagged, bagged and boarded. Cover D by Elena Casagrande. Really? Casa, Are you making fun of her name? Casagrande. So, uh, variant cover, Titan Comics issue number one. I bet you don't have that one. So we're going to throw that in there as an additional prize. Probably because they... <laughs> They didn't pick it up because it's not the most attractive cover of all of them. But Are you making fun of her artwork? <laughs> it's, it's one you could color in yourself. <laughs> I see it. I'm sorry. It looks like a coloring page. Is it only me? <laughs> no, you're right. It kind of does. <laughs> this fine do-it-yourself color page if you of really, the Titan if Comics. If you request, we could color it for you. <laughs> Customized coloring by not, traveling the vortex. I am not going down that road. <laughs> then I wouldn't have so much of a problem signing it because at least I've done some of the artwork. I would actually. If somebody wanted us to do it, I would be all over coloring this. <laughs> Glenn, you have to stay within the lines. Oh. What's the fun in that? I'll give it to Katrina and let her color it. <laughs> um, who has not figured that part of it out? Anyway, so that's an additional prize that's in the vault there. So, Holly, you still or do out get of the your, your, your mini figs. So. Yeah, which remind me, I need to forward her information. I got okay. her information. So. Excellent. Which we'll read out on the air. It is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, she lives in Wisconsin. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, I live at. <laughs> Apparently, she has moved, though, since she got. I think she won one of the vinyl figs. Oh, and So, yeah. she has moved because she sent it to me and said, this is different than what you have. So. Oh, okay. Congratulations <laughs> on the move, Holly. <laughs> different than what you have because we held on to that. <laughs> I probably stumped my email somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so make I sure finally unflagged all of those entries because they kept showing up. And you got urgent sixteen <laughs> flags on your emails. So if you're interested in winning a prize from the Traveling the Vortex Prize Vault, make sure you send us an email uh, to the feedback. But uh, need to need to label it in some way, shape, or form. Put in your subject line. Well, I helped you entry out for the prize because vault. these guys were going to make everybody put Bicentipiversary and spell it right. And now, and it's so I made it the title, title of the episode, so it's easy to find. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of that word that I can't say. <laughs> Bicentipiversary. Yes. I got used to it because I had to type it several times. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say bicentipiversary? Bicentipiversary. There we go. See, you just said bicentipiversary. You know what word I can't say? Dehoxy. See, I can't say it. Um, yeah, nope, it's we gone. I still don't know what, you, what word you can't <laughs> I don't say. Know. I'll have to ask Matt quick. There's a word out there that he makes fun of me because we talk about it, and when I'm talking with him about it, I can say it. And then he'll ask me, he says, what was that word? And it's like, it goes away. <laughs> That's like me trying to say several words, so. <laughs> I feel for you, but 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 there were episode titles that you couldn't, and now you can. That's right. In two hundred episodes, that well, I can't remember I what those one. ones were. What's, what's the uh, what's the uh, the last one with uh, with Tom Baker? The last one? With, uh, yeah. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I was going for. You're trying to set him up. <laughs> not Castrovalva. Uh, yeah, the last one with Tom Baker. 
Pete Castrovala. Okay, the one before that. Okay. You're counting the... the Keeper of truck? No, the one in between. Legopolis. <gasps> I got it! <laughs> <laughs> there was another one, too. You said that, and my, my immediately thought was oh, to get the I hackles up. Oh, I said Legopolis, so it's Lugopolis. My, my immediate thought was to get the hackles up. No, I was like, well, technically he's right, because there is the regeneration <laughs> recap at the beginning of Castrovala. So, okay, yeah, he's, he's accurate there. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> But speaking of bicentipiversary, our next feedbacker is the person who sent it in first, Odd Duck Phil. Odd Duck Phil writes, comment, question, question, comment, Stephen Moffat, Joss Whedon, and George R.R. R. Martin walk into a bar, and everyone you've ever loved dies. Hey, Hoopikins. Wow. <laughs> that was quite an episode, huh? I'm just going to go ahead and assume it gets a dun-dun-dun, because I heard it in my head during the final minutes of the episode. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Allons-y. One, various clarifications. See what I did there? Oh, shush, it's a pun. It's not supposed to be funny. So after my in-depth Transformers rant, Glenn waxed nostalgic for the Bozo Show and brought up the grand prize game. When I watched the show, and I'm assuming it was about the same time because I distinctly remember the Transformers on it, Putting a ping-pong ball in the first bucket earned you a minor prize. Correct. And while the contestant was told about it, Bozo would quickly pose with him, and they'd snap a quick Polaroid picture. Correct. Bozo, being Bozo, would call it a photo giraffe pimento oh. of the grand prize game. Good, 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 good. I figured. I forgot about that. I figured Glenn would get that. Nice. I oh, was I wrong. I forgot about that. Photographic <laughs> pimento. Photographic pimento. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, nice job. Wow. Well, he remembered the Grand Prize game much better, much clearer than I did. <laughs> I had forgotten that they took the Polaroid until he just said it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then, and of course, that first bucket, was, I was like right there in front of him. There was no missing that first bucket. He was, it wasn't usually until the fourth or fifth that they'd start missing. And like the sixth bucket was usually a bike, like a huffy bike, boys <laughs> oh. or girls. It was... I, I, I just sit there and watch that going, I'm so jealous. I wish I lived in Chicago. <laughs> I could so throw it in that sixth bucket. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, Chuck E. Cheese here for a while, even up until recently, like when by recent I mean in the last ten years, had a grand prize game. And it had a, a ping pong ball rolled down, and you threw it in each one of the buckets. I, I used that. to sit and play that for hours. Well, my kids were playing. How big were these games. buckets? Were these like regular buckets? Yeah, like pickle buckets? buckets? Like, uh, like sand buckets. Like, like sand buckets. Yeah, mm-hmm. Metal sand buckets, the old ones, not the plastic ones like they have now. Okay. Not, not that cheap plastic they have now. All right. <laughs> you and I have an assignment. We're going to go to the dollar store, and we're going to buy the little sandcastle kit that comes with the plastic bucket, because I'm sure they don't make them in tin. Yeah. <laughs> Those are probably too small if you buy the kit. You're going to have to buy the individual buckets. They're about yeah. this big. And, and we're going to go get a ping pong ball. Maybe a gallon. And we're going to set bucket. this up <laughs> at some future podcast date. And we're going to make him play for the promise of possibly winning a Huffy bike. <laughs> well, you put a Huffy bike in there, and I've got it. <laughs> I, I, am, I, am, I am committed to making Glenn's childhood dream come true. Ooh. I could not make him a you better breakdancer. Each, each bucket had a prize involved. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. Oh, okay, good, good. There uh, may be no prize. Five but. was a pretty decent prize. I mean, like it probably was like a, the equivalent of like a super soaker, you know, the big giant super soaker gun or something like that, Nerf gun or something like that. You know, the majority of these prizes will probably also come from the dollar store. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't get a heavy bike at the dollar I store. I said the majority oh, of these okay. prizes. Well, <laughs> that's the exception. 
And it'll still be a kid. And whatever's left over, we'll give away. <laughs> exactly. You know, whatever we, whatever's left over, we'll give away on the show, and probably have more response than Region Two DVDs. <laughs> dollar prize DVD. I can't play. I'll take the dollar prize, please. Hey, Doctor Phil wrote in. The, what's in the contest here? Hey, if the jacks are still available, I'd. Really like- <laughs> Oh my! So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. You, well, thanks for jogging my memory, Phil. You heard it here, listeners. We are gonna play the Bozo. Um, what was this called? The grand prize game from the Bozo Show at some future date here, and we Glenn will Maybe be our first contestant. No, I want to do it much sooner than that. Photo giraffic pimento. I love that. We'll I get a Polaroid and we'll take pictures on our camera. <laughs> the photo giraffic pimento. It'll be Glenn with the bike in the we background. We don't have to have a clown, do we? No. Okay, good. We'll, we'll, we'll augment some of this. Okay, good. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to traumatize me. <laughs> Why has this not been done yet? Why has Stephen Moffat not really written us a clown episode? I mean, I know I we got the one thankful. in the Sarah Jane Adventures, but really. <laughs> well, we, well, it wasn't, there was the you one in the God those. Complex. But well, it yeah, wasn't, but But he was not, creepy enough. <laughs> that was enough, Sean. That was enough. Because <laughs> he listens to the show, he's not plotting this. <laughs> <laughs> Just to traumatize keep traumatize keep. <laughs> As if he hasn't done enough. Dude, I hate clowns. I mean, no offense to any of our listeners who are clowns, but clowns are creepy. <laughs> They're just ugh. okay. Um figured Glenn would get that. I was wrong. Sorry, I just like Bill. pointing that out. <laughs> also, Clancy Brown played the Krugen in Highlander. And also Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. I did not realize that. Try to wrap your brain around that one. Isn't huh. it isn't it Kurgan? Kurgan. Kurgan? You put the Kurgan. R first. I, I put the R first, too. That's I think it's he, the Kurgan. 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 Yeah. Kurgan. Last time I said Krugan, and that's why he's correcting. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do. Jell- well, that's one Jell- of the Jell- things Jell- I transposed that. You're right. It's, it's like Kurgan. Darleks. Like Darleks. Also, Golden Age Flash was slash is Jay Garrick. Also, also, also. After the fact. Did you really? Yeah. Just couldn't let it ride. No, no. (laughs) Bothering him. Also, 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 Zero Hour is the DC reboot that followed Hal Jordan going nuts and absorbing Ah. the central Green Lantern battery on Oa so he could reshape existence to be happier. I also recommend the Flashpoint Paradox, which was DC's latest reset that led into the new 52 phase. No, thanks. Given the name, (laughs) Barry (laughs) Allen's at the center of this one, as he seems to have something have happened in the past that threw him off the time stream. Major props to how Batman is handled, as it was Bruce Wayne, not Thomas and Martha, that died that night in Crime Alley. Interesting. Number two, Forced of the Night. I would like to take this time to apologize to Glenn for what I did to him with my feedback regarding Nightmare and Silver. I've now experienced the sensation of watching something you like be surgically taken apart and revealed to be not as cool as you believed it to be, <laughs> and it's not pleasant. It was like the time sci-fi showed reruns of Auto Man and Manimal, and I got all excited because I loved them as a kid. Yep. <laughs> then I watched them and realized I was a dumb kid or something. <laughs> I remember, Phil, I did the same thing. I watched the Auto Man <laughs> replay on sci-fi and I was so excited because I loved it as a kid and I always lamented the fact that it got cancelled so soon and then I watched it on sci-fi and went now I know why it got cancelled so soon it was not good was was this the one where the guy literally turned into a car like he would morph into the the automobile 
Uh, no, the cursor drove the automobile for him. Okay, it's he, not the same. The show, Auto though. Man was, from what I remember, was was a computer program essentially that became that came to life as uh, his programmer had created him. He became a physical manifestation, manifestation, and then he had this little like sidekick, and it was he was called Cursor, and he was this little thing of light that bounced around and like drew things, which predominantly drew the car. And they would get in the car. And what I absolutely loved about this show as a kid is Auto Man would be driving the car. And as Auto Man drove the car, he would turn a corner and it would be like Tron Cycles. It would go... And every time that happened, the the guy, his creator, and I don't remember his name either, will get a whole dissertation from Phil on the names of all of these but, <laughs> next week. But his sidekick, or the guy that created him... Every time he turned a corner like that, they'd show the passenger side of the car, and the guy would go up on the side of the car, up onto the window like this, because it was such a hard turn. Which, for you know, in reality, would have broken anybody's neck that was riding that car. But it was so comedic to see the guy fly up against the window with his hands and his face pressed against the, the window of the glass. <laughs> Is it the same take each time? Or I'm sure they use that exact same footage. Over I'm not doing that more than once. Over and over and over. <laughs> Auto Man, yeah. Auto Man. Uh, same thing. I watched it as a kid and loved it and then watched it again and went, what the heck was I thinking? So, now I have to, I have to ask, going back on it. Now, uh, Manimal I only watched as a kid. Yeah, no. Um, going back to, I'm guessing, based on this statement then, that Phil started off liking Forest of the Night until it was done disgusted. with with what we did. Now I don't remember. Did you like Nightmare in Silver until we tore it apart? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think that was one that you guys dis- disassembled for me. I, I, I you liked I, it. I, it was Cyberman. Of course, I liked it. <laughs> I don't remember hating on it too much. It was the kids we I mostly don't think hated we on. Hated it. I think we, it was we one of those, on the kids pretty I, much. I think it was mostly you just kind of like <laughs> broke it apart and said, "Okay, this, this is why it there, doesn't." There are issues with it. Great. I'm the bad guy. How does that always happen? <laughs> Three. Dark Water. I honestly don't know where to start with this one. I guess the beginning. When I saw Danny getting ready to cross the street, listening intently to Clara's phone call, I suspected. And then the silence on the other end. And I knew. Then the woman talking to Clara. And I cursed Stephen Moffat and his lineage for three and a half generations. <laughs> I took it back once my emotions had settled. But still, not cool. Or in this case, very cool, as it took into us an amazing episode. I love the bit with the dark water. And yes, I kind of knew what those exoskeletons were that we couldn't see. I didn't need the 3W logo windows or the door to tell me. I knew there was talk on the interwebs about Missy being the master. And I'm glad I didn't pay it any attention. I'm glad I didn't spend any real time trying to figure out the ending as this time, as it was fun to just witness it. I think I'm at that point in my life where I don't want to peek under the wrapping paper and ruin the Christmas morning surprise. I just want to savor the moment, and this moment was so worth it. Bill, I have bad news for you. You're still not getting the electronic light-up talking TARDIS cookie <laughs> jar. That, that's You spoiled it. You peeked under the present. So. Not happening, buddy. I'm no, sure that wasn't his fault. I know, but yeah. it's still, still there. He didn't actively seek it out. He didn't literally Somebody lift up the that wrapper. present before him. Somebody lifted the wrapper for him. And like Kaiser Soze, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll have more, but my mind's going all blankish and I'm running out of time. Can't wait to hear your thoughts unless they tear the episode <laughs> apart. Odd Duck Phil. P.S. I forgot to thank you for playing The Touch at the end of 199. <laughs> I welcome. smiled. I reminisced. 
and I even shed a tear. Until all are one indeed, Optimus. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Phil. (laughs) Up next in our feedback is Megan. Megan writes, So that happened. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hope you all had fun Halloween. Mine was filled with celebration and black and orange confetti. Not because of the holiday, because of the city I was in. Three rings in five years. Boy, does that feel good. All right, don't hate me. The Royals had an incredible <laughs> postseason. They had a great run. Smiley face. Sorry, enough with sports. On to Doctor Who. We will forgive you this one time, Megan. <laughs> I find it's always difficult to review or rate the first episode of a two-parter. That being said, I absolutely adored this. <laughs> it was dark, really very dark, from the beginning to end. From Clara's initial, initial betrayal to Missy's revelation, everything occurring in the episode was drenched in drama. I thought Jenna played Clara's grief incredibly well, and it was heart-wrenching to watch. I love that the doctor figured out what she was going to do and flipped Clara's plan on its head. I love that Clara immediately regretted what she thought she did and that the doctor immediately forgave her because of how much he cares for her. The minute the skeletons in the tank were revealed, I started saying, Nope! To my, <laughs> to my screen under my breath. <laughs> Which intensified once they started moving. It was really, it really, really creeped me out. Granted, I figured out that they were Cybermen once we learned the fluid was like an X-ray, and that was just because of the production stills. If I hadn't known they were going to be Cybermen in the story, that reveal could have really thrown me through a loop. It was still really neat, though. Speaking of getting thrown through a loop, how about that? Missy is the master. Wow. I know that was theorized from the beginning that Missy was short for mistress, but I feel feel like that particular theory got tossed aside rather quickly because people are always guessing new characters are secretly the master. (laughs) Fair enough. I at least personally tossed it aside. Needless to say, I was wrong, and I loved it. I love that the master regenerated into a time lady, and I love the implications of that in the overall Doctor Who mythos. And isn't Michelle Gomez incredible? She's perfect as the master mistress. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even know how to refer to her. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's great, and I'm really looking forward to her scenes with Capaldi now that the Doctor knows who she is. Oh, and the Doctor's face when she's revealed, and when she's revealed who she is. Yeah, that was my face, too. <laughs> also, I laughed pretty hard at the Doctor's reaction to being kissed. Okay, this is developing into me just stating things that happen, so I'll stop here. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot wait to see what happens next week and how Missy escaped Gallifrey, Gallifrey and just what the hell is going to happen, Megan. P.S. I almost forgot. The continuity error in Flatline was Capaldi's hair was way... Sh- oh, I didn't notice this. Was way shorter in the scenes in the TARDIS when the life support fails and during his speech to the boneless when in the rest than in the rest of the episode. It's not a big thing at all. I'm just always bothered by stuff like that in film. Megan, it was one of those things that I noticed too and meant to go back and recheck to see if I had seen it correctly and forgot about it, so then hence forgot about it later as well. I'm glad you brought that back up though because I did briefly uh, notice that as well. Did notice it. I didn't notice it, but I did see it on Facebook after the fact. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those things. It wasn't even a, hey, oh, ah, it was one of those, 
I think his hair looked shorter there kind of things, and so I was going to go back and look and see if I noticed it again. And But clearly it was a lot shorter <laughs> through most of it. Thank you again, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Yes, Megan. And our last bit of feedback comes from Dr. Phil. Hey, Glenn, Sean, and Keith. Hey, it's Dr. Phil sending in some feedback after your Mega 200th episode. Um, I was laughing a lot. I'm in my usual place in the car heading home after concert. And, um, you know, I really love the part in last... Wait, what? 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 Ah! Ah! Oh! Wait. I was just in my car. Where am I? What? What am I doing in this drab office room? Forms? You need me to fill out some forms? Okay. Okay. I get the bad coffee? Why do I get the bad coffee? Okay, um, but give me some space. I can talk to my buddies about Doctor Who, and then, okay, we'll deal with that later. Okay, so while I'm not in my car all of a sudden, and um, I've got a few minutes to talk about Doctor Who then, I guess. So, Dark Water. Hey, I really enjoyed this story. It probably has my favorite Doctor Companion Exchange of all time with Clara and the TARDIS. I, even though it was derivative of Lord of the Rings, I did love that the only thing that can destroy a TARDIS key is is um, volcanic lava. That was neat. I thought that the direction was exceptional. I want her back next season. Great job there. Um, Missy, the master, I thought the way it was set up, misleading that she was kind of a program, was, was, was kind of hilarious. Um, Capaldi and uh, Jenna Coleman's performances in this story were phenomenal. Um, the nether sphere being bigger on the inside um, and being inside St. Paul's Cathedral. Maybe St. Paul's Cathedral is the Master's TARDIS. I'm curious to find out next week, which I guess we're going to get a full hour next week, so that'll be a blast. Um, um, very moving episode. I thought that Danny Pink being the method for which Missy brings the Doctor and Clara to the Nether Sphere is very good. I'm curious to see if more from Listen, besides the telepathic circuits usage and turning all the safeties off, will play into next week. I mean, we know from the preview from last week that there'll probably be some unit next week, so there's probably some of that, uh, more of the Master slash Missy, Missy, and uh, hope it will be good. I'm very optimistic. And I'm very pleased with how this story is turning out, especially the first half. It was stunning, and the last five minutes was phenomenal. Great direction, great design, great performances. And, um, oh, what, what was that again, sir? Oh, okay. You got an iPad? I need to check out some other digital stuff. And Okay, well, guys, I guess I have to go. This guy here in this, I don't know why I'm in this weird office. Anyway, I got to go. But I'll hopefully talk to you guys next week to talk about the next episode, Death in Heaven. Anyway, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> I have to say now that Phil, I think that Sean almost had an aneurysm when it started. He was laughing so hard. We had to pause because there was too much laughing. We couldn't hear what you were saying. Maybe we started again. <laughs> it was like a full five minutes. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Sean, your face is so bright. I, right I, yeah, I'm hurting. <laughs> so, 
I, you know how you get to that point where you're laughing and you're laughing and you're having a good time and you're laughing and then you start to keep laughing and then you get to that point where you can't breathe and you start to get concerned that maybe you're not going to make it out of this? I was right on the cusp of that when I had you stop it. Because I, I knew that I was like, this is, this is going to spiral out of control quickly. Oh, my God. Oh, brilliant, Dr. Phil. Absolutely brilliant. It's good to know that you can send uh, feedback back through the nether sphere. Well, at least he was still connected. That's <laughs> yeah, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm all worried about him reconnecting now that he hung up. <clears throat> well, next, next week we may get static. <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> well, that's it. Good night, everyone. <laughs> we, we can't, can't top that. that. How do we, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Where do we go from there? <laughs> Uh, well, I guess we'll just move on to our review because that's oh the last bit of feedback. <laughs> Which should, should say thank you, Kirk, for uh, sending a, a little piece of art for us. So yes, we will. We will acknowledge that on the show, and there's more to come. Yes. <sighs> In the mysterious world of another sphere, plans have been drawn. Old friends and old enemies maneuver around the doctor, and an impossible choice is looming over him. I'm not sure what to give it yet. I'll I, give it a dun dun dun. I, I'll give it. I'll give it a dun dun dun. But I'm not. I, I don't know how far I can commit to it in certain aspects. So, so maybe somebody else should go first. It's, it's. I'll go first. It's definitely a story that I just kind of went along for the ride. For I knew Cybermen were coming, and I didn't think too much about how they were going to play in going into it. So I didn't catch the exoskeleton bits. I thought, oh, okay, they're holding them up. And then I thought, well, okay, so that's kind of weird. I just, I, just, I just bought into the story. I was so sucked into what they were telling me that I didn't try to figure it out as it went along, and it made it so enjoyable. Um, I have a lot of praise for this story, but I, because it's the first part of a two-parter, I, can't, I don't want to give a final judgment on it completely because I don't know the rest of the story. Um, the Cyberman reveal was phenomenal, I thought. Uh, the gradual and then the nod to fans that if you're truly paying attention of the doors of, I should be seeing, I should be missing something. And he walks through the doors and it's those <laughs> eyes. And that's when I clued in of, oh, there's Cybermen in the tanks. I got you now. Because uh, th- there was an extent of it walk- going through the first scenes with the tanks, it felt very much like uh, the Wedding of River Song. The silence. With the silence yeah. in the water. It felt very reminiscent of that. So I was like, okay, then maybe it's something different and Cybermen are going to show up and it's going to, later it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, so that was, I thought, a really cool reveal. Uh, all the stuff with, with, as Chrissy mentioned, the Doctor and Danny and Clara, I thought was really well done and really well handled really well and a great way to move it forward and get us to the events we need to get to. Um, the master reveal, I, (laughs) when he's got his hand on his heart and she, she mentions there was two and no, I'm the one, who are you? I'm the one you left. First thought immediately. I don't know if you guys, Romana. And I thought, Oh no, 
they're going to undo all of this big finish <laughs> audio after we just canonized it and then I know the doctor. You're experiencing, experiencing every bit of angst I had in that moment <laughs> and thoughts that I had as well. And I sat forward and I was like, oh no. Ditto times three. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, I was right And then it got to the reveal and it was like, that's really cool. I kind of expected it, but it was really cool. It, 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 I couldn't go very long going myself calling myself the master, could I? And there was this, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> More relief than <laughs> revelation. <laughs> I went one step further. I did that with the, um, uh, you left me, or you abandoned me. And I did the same thing. I went, oh, oh, that, oh if it's her, it's going to unravel everything. <laughs> And then as the conversation progressed at the end, I did the, are they really going to reveal her as the Ronnie? I almost, I had that thought too, yeah. I went one step further. I, I even <laughs> I went, went Ronnie. Romana, uh, Ronnie, Susan. Oh, I, I, I never thought of Susan. You hear. abandoned me, and it's still two hearts. It all fit. It was, <clears throat> that would have been awesome, actually. I, and I even jumped to, okay, some random time lady we haven't met yet before I went to Master. <laughs> it wasn't until she said Mistress, and I was like, of course. <laughs> the Master was so Well, off that the even table. threw me. Because she said Mistress. You know, Missy, short for Mistress. And I went, it is Ramana, because it's no. what canine gives yeah. to call her. <laughs> oh, as soon as she said Mistress, I went, oh, that's the opposite of Master. But here's the thing well, is, the, the Master was version. so far off the table for me. Because it was revealed so early, and everybody cast it aside, saying, "Oh, it was, it was, not it, it was almost a Rivers Amy's daughter situation." <laughs> it, was, it was too obvious. It was too right obvious of a thing, and, and it wasn't until later that I realized one that I, I do want a good explanation of how he escaped the events of end of time. <laughs> it, that wasn't even that was. A Sunday revelation of Missy's the master. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. How did he? <laughs> he was with Rassilon and the revolver and bam. And, and the other thing. We don't know how long the Nether Spear has been operating. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this three W group is. But but, the, but the, the other thing that the revelation that came to me that just made me giddy and so excited is, it's the master, and he's teamed up with somebody. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen in the next one. The Cybermen are going to turn on him, and he, she's got to team up with the, ma- the Doctor. That's got to happen. It's now we happen. return to the MO. And yeah, I so I, I I could probably think about it and nitpick it, but the ride was so enjoyable, and I don't know what they're going to do next, and I'm okay with it. And yeah, I, I now it. The first part could be completely undone by part two. <laughs> it's a, it's happened. I Utopia, had... awesome. <laughs> uh, sound the drums, uh, maybe not as much, and then last of the time wars even more so. But the setup is so perfect, and I can't wait to see what happens. I have no idea what they're going to do. It's. I had m- much of the exact same follow through with with this. I, I I I relish the. I know a lot of people complained about it with the the. the um, relationship status with Clary and Dana. I liked the fact that she had taken her time to actually write down oh, that all really the post-it insane. notes. Because it, it that directly follows off of um, In the Forest of the Night mm-hmm. and the Tell Me Later. And this is her telling him later. It's so, so well done. I, I had Phil's moment of <laughs> damn 
damn you, Moffat. <laughs> you know, I killed another one. And I, I, I thought the scene was exceedingly well done. I didn't think it was telegraphed at all. It was just like, why is what, what happened? I kept expecting him to be. I was expecting something much, and in a way, much like Clara. You know, that it was, it was pedestrian. It was boring. It was. I kind of expected him to say. You need to call the doctor. I'm on Mars, or you know, just something outlandish that they'd have to go and rescue him. And I he got hit by a car. <laughs> Boom, that, that, that makes it. it even more tragic. It did. It really just suckered me in right off the bat with that. All of that was great. The volcano was great. I was really uncertain where we were going to go with. It. Oh, and yay for uh, uh, Claire's grand coming back. That was cool. Um, but. Uh, the whole volcano thing, uh, I was sitting there and I was on edge and nervous and worried and what are you doing? And <gasps> <gasps> That's what you're doing? But th- there was a part of me that said, well, he can still f- snap and the doors will open for him. So it's we're so all on the same thing because I thought the same thing. I that, went, that's that a, doesn't really fix anything. Maybe he has to have one of the keys in his pocket to do the snap. I, that's possible. <laughs> or he, I guess, forgot how to do that. And then who said? I don't. Anyways, go, yeah, go ahead. I, I thought that was a bit of a blot hole as well. But it did diminish the scene, it did, which yeah. is it, which it is, is one of my impact. favorite moments. It's really interesting the considering Moffat's the one that created that. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, when, and then the fact that he had turned the tables on her, and that it was all this—it was like, oh, okay, whew, all right, cool. Where are we going with this? And then the betrayal line, just. Ouch! And I, I, oh. I, I felt like the the line of her saying, "What do we do now?" and her him saying, "Go to hell." I I knew he wasn't actually saying what she took it as. That was, yeah, I, that, I, that was the only disappointment of it. It, it could have had a much more emotional impact. I went with this first episode hook, line, and sinker on everything. I fell for everything that was set up in this, and I don't usually. And I was a little embarrassed that I You're did. You're usually much more the, the skeptic on I these. fell in line, hook, line, and sinker, but that was the one moment that when he said go to hell, I knew where they were going. Yeah, that was it, one of the... That to me was telegraphed. The doctor would never yeah. say that to him. Well, to her. And not after he had already said... You've betrayed me. Yeah, you yeah. betrayed me, but I, do you think I care? Or she had said, I betrayed you, and he said, but do you think I, I don't care? I care yeah. so little for you. I care so you. little for you that that would matter. So that one was the only one that I, that didn't catch me. Uh, I thought it was, actually, I kind of giggled a little when she said, yeah. okay, and turned and walked <laughs> away, and I thought, that's not what he meant. <laughs> this is going to be kind of funny. <laughs> I liked his immediate response to that. And what's with the eyes? Do they inflate? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it totally went back to it him himself as the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all, all of that, phenomenal. So we get to the nether sphere, and we're wandering around. And Wait. I, are, so the never, nether sphere is where Danny is. Yes. This is the, the, yes. the St. Paul's is... Where the TARDIS took The TARDIS is, okay. Well, the Nether Sphere's there, too. It's in, yeah, but but the Doctor and Clara aren't in the Nether Sphere. I, I, I would... Uh, so are you talking about the wrong. Danny parts, or are you talking about the Doctor and Clara parts? Well, I was talking about the Doctor and Clara parts, but okay. I, I'll get to the Danny parts in a moment. So I, I, and just from a, a logistic standpoint, I, I'm going to write it off as because the Nether Sphere is within... An additional. It's a part of the dimensional. It's a part it's of three shift. W. Yeah, it's a it's a matrix. Though. I mean, it's Th- that's why the TARDIS wouldn't actually make it into, into the Nether Sphere yeah. to, to to go get Danny. Is there, there probably would have to be. It was where Danny was. It right. just wasn't where Danny was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't take him to Danny's room when they went to the orphanage. That's true. Yeah, you know, they, they, the they took him to the, we were outside the building. 
outside the architecture. But so we're wandering around. Brilliant constru- uh, uh, production design on this. So the the, the the skeletons in the cases. I was with you. It was like, oh, this is just like the Cybermen or the, uh, the the silence in the tubes and the thing and skeletons and they're creepy and a little weird. And I hope we don't. I don't think we will, but I hope we don't get a really gross rotting body sitting in one of these that's not yet decayed no. down to skeletal status. <laughs> that's not bones. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to see that, and we didn't, which was cool. Um, so all of that was all of that was great, and I kept looking at that damn window going that looks so familiar <laughs> I, I, that's the only thing i missed i, I, I missed the window it wasn't so until familiar. he had that line that it I wasn't it. until they closed that i went <gasps> and see, was, i, didn't I was with you then. you really realized wow i don't miss a couple there so did you get all the way to the water yes Oh, what was it, that like? Because <laughs> that had to have been the coolest reveal I ever. I felt so stupid at the end of this episode. <laughs> I felt so stupid because I, the dream thing I didn't see coming, which was great. And I don't blame myself for seeing that. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't so done, done so well. I knew there were Cybermen in a stupid episode, and I didn't. I, that's what I said. I, uh, I was hook, line, and sinker this whole episode. Just I, I think I'm what like it you, is, I was just enjoying the ride. I think what it is is you, you're, you're caught off guard by the start of it, and Danny's you're caught death. off guard by the whole damn thing. Well, and, and then and then by that you're off kilter the entire time. So you're just sitting back, kind of. It enjoying wasn't it, until the water starts so draining that I went, "Oh yeah, that's why it's X-ray water." <laughs> Duh. It's the perfect disguise. I am a little disappointed that the the tombs, to be said, opened, opened. Yeah. instead of them breaking I through. Them them to come, I wanted them to come right through the glass, and I was keyed up, and I was ready. Or and cellophane. I, it's and cellophane. it took so long for the water to drain. I had like a good 15, been. 20 minutes to gear up for that, and then the doors opened. I was like, been, man. That would have been a little too cliche, I think. No. <laughs> it's, it's Cybermen. That's what they do. That's what they do. They even pointed out the Doctor Who extra that they're ever since Tomb, they're trying to recreate that awesome scene and breaking through things, and they always try to do it. Including packing material. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the, the construction partitions and Rise of the Cybermen. Or not Rise of the Cybermen, the two part of the end end finale. Yeah. So Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just what the, you got to do. That that's how they come. It's just like at some point in time in a Dalek episode, you're going to give us the inside the the eye stock shot. <laughs> it's just, it's a requirement now. Okay, so all that was cool. I liked the getting a little bit more of Danny's backstory and kind of dealing that with was... his confusion initially, and then suddenly getting to that moment of well, somebody's here for you as a visitor, and I knew it wasn't Claire. I knew we hadn't oh, progressed yeah. far enough to that business to and. And when they started doing the flashbacks, I looked at Mel and I said, oh, I think he killed a kid. <laughs> I, I caught on that and early, too. And yeah. then this... Not me! Hook, rock, and sinker! <laughs> well, and uh, I, it was really nice to see also, since we've been hammering home the soldier idea so much this season, that it kind of brings it a little bit back of why he was so sensitive about it uh, in Into the Dalek. And, and the line... From into the dog of the students, did you ever kill anybody? Of course, it's going to get that kind of reaction yeah. now. It, it made me like Danny even more, even though it was a tragic thing for him to happen. But the character wise, character wise, yeah. it was horrible. But it helps explain and make him a better character through what we've seen before. It's one of those things where his character makes so much more sense now, and I like him even more because of it. So the Missy bit with the intro and the, the kissing. 
had no problem with any of that. that I was bought all that in as, yeah. wow, she's a computer. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> I, I, I was thrown off by that, too. Because I thought, well, she acts a little android? more human in, or real in, in all the previous times well, we've and seen her. And what, suddenly she's an android. I thought, that's weird. What hit me Strange was uh, Time Heist, where we had the woman that was clones. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, she was the boss, but she was also mm-hmm. all the underlings. And so it was like, well, the Missy that we've seen previously is not this Missy. So, okay, this is the game's afoot. All right, all right. Because I'll, the other I'll let you pretend to be an android for now, but I'll, I'll figure this out later. Because the other times it seemed like we've seen her in the nether sphere itself. Yeah. And this, she's obviously out of it. So I, I, I could almost think that, too. Yeah. So that that was all great and, and fun, and then we get to the scientist guy, and this is where Dr. the episode, Doctor Chan. This is where the episode starts to take this kind of weird tilt for me, is we get a lot of exposition thrown at us about X-ray water and and death and setting white noise, and it, yeah. it, it is it's it's setting all that up. And the recently dead, and recently dead, and then the cyber reveal happens, and it's like, oh, okay, and. I, I, this is where I'm kind of stuck in everything leading up to that was awesome. Everything from that point forward, I feel like I have to see the second episode before yeah. I can really make any kind of judgment call. It's not that I, it's not that I didn't like it, but I felt like I, I, I don't know what to make of it yet because... Well, there's just a lot of it's just a lot of exposition. It's the it's the you, third act of a <laughs> old you, school Doctor Who where you've given me all of this information, but you haven't shown me where it's going to come into play yet. So you and I are on the exact same page with that because I'm the same way. I, I was I was thoroughly enjoying the episode until we got to that, well, and I'm going to go as far to say as I'm I, I'm totally in agreement that I need to see the and I, I refuse review. I yeah. refuse to give a I liked or didn't like this at all. Because this story's not over. Because my gut reaction right there, if this was the hint, if this was, if I had to make a review, my gut reaction right there was you cheated. You cheated because you set this story up, up arc up all season, and then you defaulted back to a typical Doctor Who story. You you had this creative thinking in an effort to misguide us for an entire season. And then it's a master and Cyberman plan cheated. I felt that was a gut punch to me. I felt so cheated. And and even I didn't even before I didn't know it was, she was quote unquote the master, which I've got a theory about that as well. That was my first gut punch. And then the uh, Missy Mistress Master was another gut punch because not only did I have set that aside and went. God, well, how did I not see that coming? Because it's so obvious. I after this was over, I percolated on it a little bit, and I went, "That's a cheap shot. That's a that's the that is now Stephen Moffat trolling the fans in the episode because he all along he kept saying, "Well, no, that's too soon. To, I think it's too soon to bring back the master thing." To heck with you! And then you do it, and then I'm mad at Moffat for doing this, and not only doing it in a rather crappy old school way. Because this is in so in line with the M.O., and I'm talking about this entire season reviewing, saying, I love the evolution of what we've done, something different here, and then go, screech, oh no, really, this is, we're just going to go back to the same. I was mad at the end of the episode. I would sit there with my jaw on the floor going, that's crap. 
Holly did the same thing. She says, I, I don't like that. I don't like that ending. It was like we had this great story arc setting up, and, and it seemed like they were going to be really inventive with this episode. And then it feels like, you know, end of time or, or any other you know, uh, uh, journeys, not journeys, um, the army, the one I talked about, Army of Ghosts and, and Doomsday. And it felt like that, which was cool back then, but now you're doing it again. And I was, and we've already and I had was a mad. Big, and we've already had an awesome master reveal at one point to begin with. I was with. mad. And it wasn't nearly, I'm sorry. As, this was as not cool as, as it was, it was nowhere near the Derek Jacoby gut punch no, that we had. That, no, no, that, that was, was the It was like, way you're better. the mad. Oh, yeah, this was not. So, well, not the difference only, there also is we thought Derek Jacoby was a good guy the whole time. We've yeah. known Missy's We've not known a good Missy's guy. not a good girl. Well, so not necessarily. I'm yeah. mad. And I sat there and I let it percolate for about a half hour, that last part of that episode. But here's my theory. And I was wrong on my first theory that we were going to put an envelope. Well, you <laughs> Way were, off base you were on that. Partially right. Well, I, 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 but we all knew we were going to get to. Uh, but that was another thing is when this started and he said, We're going to go to hell. We're going to go where he, after he died. And I went, No, let's not go there. There's no way to scientifically explain what you're doing or why this exists. But they did that really nicely. <laughs> but then I sat there and I thought about it, and I, I don't think I don't think this is the master. Really, it might be just denial. But I, why would you do that revelation here in this part of the two-parter? If you've been crafting a season so well with a story arc from A to B and or A to Z and <laughs> Why would you do that now? Because it's the ultimate cliffhanger. Ta-da! Master and the Master's a woman, which I don't have a problem with. I, I, no. I've always supported... I'll come idea. back to that moment uh, that I've always, in a moment. I've always been supportive of that. But, but here's, here is some of my evidence pointing that. When did uh, the Doctor abandon the Master? I guess at the end of time is what he's talking about. Did he abandon him? No, because really the Master... Bingo. Yeah. Evidence A. Number two... Or that's B, because number one was, why would you do that here? Why wouldn't you reveal that as the ultimate climax? Why wouldn't you Why would you do that in the halfway point? Because it makes for a cliffhanger, yes. But exhibit A is that. Exhibit B is, it doesn't make any sense why the master or the mistress or Missy would make that comment. So... So you think it's a strong enough cliffhanger if she holds on to that piece of information and it's just Cybermen stomping down the streets and we get the invasion bit with the, the, the cathedral? Strong enough. Because we've already revealed the Cybermen and where they're at, that they're actually on Earth, and we've, we've given enough of that. Well, and, and she also gave the line of the dead outweigh the living, and all those are going to come back as Cybermen now. Exactly. And so that's exactly. a big enough, that so is a big enough cliffhanger. So I think, it's, I think it's a bait and switch. I think that, the, I think that Stephen Moffat was right. He's not bringing the Master back. He's, oh, that was another thing. Is, well, I, we, we talked about that. But he's not bringing the ma- Master back. It, was a, it, was, it's, it again is Stephen Moffat trolling the fans, but now in the opposite, where he's gone, aha, now you think you got this right. But I'm really going to bait and switch you in the next one. We didn't get any. Did you see a preview? There was a preview. Yeah. yeah. So I, we didn't I even get went any information about what we're going to see. Does anybody have any idea what's going to happen next week at all? No. No. Other than unit shows up at some point. We do know that. Well, I, from, they were in the uh, they were in the trailer. For okay. That's right. From so after in the forest. And I have no idea if this was a fan made trailer or not because I did the same thing. I went looking for where's the next time trailer, and the one that I saw had Peter Capaldi delivering lines that I had not heard before. And it was only like a 20-second deal. Uh, this is uh, way back. Do you guys remember 
at the end of Good Man Goes to War, when we had that break in the season and had to wait until everything came back, mm-hmm. there was that little trailers like cut scene at the very, very end of the credits, and the camera pans down, and it was Matt Smith's screwdriver with just a skeletal hand holding on to it. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't remember I, that I, I remember that. Yeah. It, it, it was a skeleton, like a I think it just was, I think skeleton it was hand. Four series six style. Holding on to the screwdriver. And then it came up with the next time, you know, down the road, see you next fall kind of thing. I mean, it was a, it was an end How of something trailer. I missed that. I, I've and never it was, seen it was, that. it was just like, <gasps> oh, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it was this huge moment. This trailer that I saw, I think I saw the same one, had that image with the Capaldi voiceover. Oh, I didn't see that image. Never mind. It's not it, it had that same that same video clip. So I don't know if this is a fan made one or if this is actually something BBC put out to re-reference that, which got me super excited because that means well maybe we are actually going to deal with that because we kind of left off on that and I didn't you know we, I have we didn't no idea what you're we didn't do about. anything with it. No, I don't remember that at all. Really? I'm you looking at for the listeners. I'm it's looking the at picture. the picture. Where did where was that at? It was a it was like a, a, a cutscene like end teaser. trailer, yeah. yeah, teaser thing. It was just a little bumper bit with that image, and then words came up. I, I wanted to say it was "Let's Kill Hitler." It was before. It was while think, we had that wave. That is that is completely eluded I think it's me. Sooner I've than never that. seen that. But because um, we we I, Mel and I all thought that this is something they're going to reveal because we were building up to the death of the Doctor. It was sometime during that season. It was. It, was a, uh, it looks like it was. A, it was I think it might be four. Good man goes to war. Okay. Well, at any point, it was sometime during that season where we killed him early, and then had this shot of the skeletal hand here at the at the end of the thing. I have the sound off, so I don't know what music. Um. And then the light goes out of the, of the and it was like, what is it? And then yeah, this. <laughs> Hmm. Oh yeah, so it would have been after. So, I, I, so, so I, 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 I just like, well, maybe they're going to deal with the death of the Doctor, for, like for reals, you know, because that whole season we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. Right, right. So now all of a sudden I see this trailer with Capaldi, and I see that hand, and my mind is like, Moffat's going full. Hey, we're going to go back and actually deal with that too. There's so much stuff to tie in here. And then I thought, well, but maybe he's just hanging out in the X-ray water tank. <laughs> 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 the Sonic show. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. There's all kinds of problems with which the X-ray water. That's one of the things. This is and this is why I think maybe the second half doesn't work as well for me as the first half because the more exposition that I go over in my head, the more I can't quite make it work. Why why the need for the X-ray water other than to hide the Cybermen bodies? What yeah? Why what what family and, and would want to see their skeleton? Who is coming family? to visit? Yeah. Well, but here's I the mean, thing. Here, well, isn't that a little? It's set up as a mausoleum, though. So obviously they have visitors. If you're showing it, up to see your dead relatives, they're going to be decayed. But they're going to be gone. And, and obviously well, the mausoleum on Earth. Obviously, it's obviously present it's there day. for a reason. There must have had visitors before. And it, 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 I, so I there got, would be a reason to keep them closed. Well, I got the impression that it was set up to preserve the bodies. To make sure nothing happened to them while they were in heaven, right? Yeah, Did you guys get that impression. Yeah, too? I got that impression. And because so, you're still connected to. And the, the only thing I can think of oh, is right. for those that might put their families in this, they don't want to see Cybermen, and so they had to come up with something else to hide the Cybermen. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is that that's the only reason they, they so, clearly have visitors. So to get new customers, 
they have to have the X-ray water. But I guess that's that that's the part that doesn't work for me is who is coming to visit? Because if we're if the mausoleum well, it's, it's just like a, any funeral home, John. Right, but on Earth. In present day, we well, have X-ray they, water. They, they've learned. We have. Well, they've obviously <laughs> learned about this nether sphere at this point. Who? That's the thing. A- apparently, that's, they make it sound like everyone knows. Well, that's here's that's part of the reason that I'm not going to review. Yeah, this I mean that's yeah. That's, it's, it's, we're, it's, not we're not done. I'm, I'm stuck. On, I'm stuck on that. Going why with with, with the thing. And I agree with. I didn't have a problem with that because as soon as they started saying mausoleum, and they had no problem with the doctor and Clara being there, immediately it well, doesn't yeah. matter who no, shows no, no, up. I, I agree it doesn't matter you. who the visitors is. There, there are visitors. I agree so with you. That's that how that it's supposed to be set up. That but doesn't my, destroy the, the it, idea it, it, of them. And I, I got a very big. Um, well, we just watched it. Uh, the the Colin Baker one. Um, oh, uh, the R of the Daleks. Yeah, whichever one that was. Resurrection. No, um, Revelation. Revel- yeah, Revelation. Yes, Revelation of the Daleks vibe off of some of those scenes. That it, there was a lot of kind of some of the similar stuff going on with where there's a company that's set up to handle death but here's the difference in the colin baker one that was established to be on another planet in the far future this we don't really know when this is supposed to be well it's obviously after 2016 <laughs> we, we don't know when this is supposed to be other than and they were careful to keep saying newly dead the end yeah that's true now it's still possible if for example that the tardis the master's tardis is the the cathedral that that's all a bait and switch because I'm, I'm sure you don't actually walk up the steps of this cathedral in London and Saint walk or St. Paul's Cathedral and walk they, into that mausoleum. I, I'm fairly certain that that's not actually it. there. You know what I mean? But maybe not. I don't know. I don't know why not. They it, just walked out of it onto the street. Well, well, but if it was the TARDIS door, they would implied. walk out the doors too. He's saying if St. Paul's is if St. Paul's is the, the master's, master's TARDIS. But the problem I have with that idea is. It existed before the master showed up. Yeah. So what happened what, to the what actual? Ha- what happened to the actual building when the master parked there? Yeah. yeah. Um, and why didn't anybody notice that? Yeah. Um, well, that's what? why I refuse to review this. There are too many See, open the, questions. The impression I got this this story is not over. It's not absolutely. But the impression I got was more along the lines of we found out about this, and so the cathedral has been converted to be this mausoleum to preserve. The See, that's the other so way. Nothing happens to that's them. the other way you can look at it, and because they made reference several times of if they had known back then what we know now, yeah, everyone knows this apparently. So, but again, if it's down the road in the future, then it depends, sure, yeah, it's become common knowledge. Because even the doctors, like, and and Clara doesn't know about it. Well, yeah, so, so it's new to them. But I mean, it had to be in order for the information to be disseminated. To us. The other thing that was um, another thing, Saint, the the TARDIS. May not be St. Paul's Cathedral. The TARDIS may simply be the front doors of oh, St. Paul's right. Cathedral. Yeah. And it's, it looks like you're walking into St. Paul's, you open these doors, you're actually in the TARDIS. So yeah. St. Paul's Cathedral can still be there and exist for the next monarchy that takes the, the crown, and that's where they do all the. I mean, that's that's the royal palace, that's our royal uh, cathedral. That They rarely do anything else there except for royalty. But um, it, it simply could be. I mean, that, sure. it, the building hasn't doesn't have to be gone. Yeah, no, I'll buy. Be, I'll buy that. Yeah. But the other part, uh, I forget which listener so wrote in about the, the skeletons that 
why why is that the one part of the Cyberman that's behind that, that that you would actually encase in as opposed to the brain or the this or the you know and and I, that's another thing that I kind of agree with and in hindsight it was like that was such a cool reveal but I feel like it was done just so that we could have that really cool reveal that there's really no reason to have a human skeleton inside the Cyberman machine that there are other organic parts that probably should have shown up yeah that's true instead of the skeleton i mean when you think about a cyberman when you think about just don't don't think about the episode just think about cyberman and that we've up converted you and taken you over and plastered all this stuff and made you into one of these things i can't imagine that the only thing that's worthwhile is the skeletal bit because according to the x-ray dark water well it's only the organic that shows up so nothing else organic is in there could be at this point the Cybermen have continued to evolve. Well, and, yeah. and, and remember, but you would see the seemed, brain because right. it's behind the skull. It just seemed weird to me that... And that's that, all they really that, need. That, that, that was that's, it. But, I mean, they need the brain and, and the body. We, and we, and we the do flesh, know that at the least the skull be, makes it because of the one that opened in the Pandora actually, and the skull fell you, out. You know so. what? Actually, no, I, 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 don't have a plan, I don't have a problem with that at all. Because the Cybermen, essentially, there doesn't have to be anything else organic. It's just the brain that needs to be preserved. Everything else, organs, flesh, everything is replaced by metal and steel. That's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. And computers, which would be part of that, that Cyberman's outfit. You don't need a heart anymore. You don't need spleen. You're not going to use a bathroom anymore. You don't need a bladder. You don't need kidneys anymore. You don't need any of that. So all of that possibly is stripped away. And Keith's right. The brain would have been encased inside. That's the only thing I think it needs to remain intact. Because it wouldn't so they, need the other organs. Yeah, exactly. There's none, no other. Or they don't require uh, to breathe. They don't require any of that. And so I, I think that's a, that's a completely logical state that when you're converted, you're probably stripped entirely down to your skeletal structure so that you at least retain a uh, humanoid form. And can, it can be that's what's needed to fill the suit. Not necessarily, but I mean, huh. at its base, and the brain would be the only thing preserved, and that's done in inside the uh, skull, so it wouldn't be revealed as the water was encasing it. Okay, you've talked me into that one. I'll buy that. I don't, I don't see any hole. No, that's not a plot hole, but I don't see no, any no, holes. no. It's not a hole. It's not. It's not a hole. It's just a. It's, it's just questions. It's just questions that him. Now, okay, so let's go to this. If this. 3W place. We found noise in the static. We found people. It was voices from beyond the grave. That this is all, in fact, how this happened. And it's not as the doctor maintains a scam. Is well, it? It is a scam. In well, a way. is it possible that the guy who initially set all this up? He's not working with the Cyberman. He's just finding and developing this white noise and discovers that we can still communicate with with the recently deceased. Is it possible that this guy did this at such and such time? Maybe immediately after the master had been shot? I guess that's possible. And that maybe the master was one of the first uploads? When was the master shot? Back at the uh, end, of, uh, end of time. Right. And that's how he got out of... He wasn't of... shot, no. Well, he was killed. Nope. Okay, how did he die? He shot the uh, interface that uh, what's his name had made Rassel. that brought no wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was the, the other guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. You have to refresh the, me yeah, here. What do you call that? The Lazarus, not the Lazarus machine. What was it called? The bridge. The, Something to keep her alive. Well, no, he shot the the diamond, the the white star. Well, that was powering. Yeah, that, that was what was causing it to come through. But he shot that, 
and they went back. Gallifrey went back to where it was, and the master was gone because he was with them. Master didn't kill himself. He we got the impression that he went through with them. Master oh, that's right. You're right. He didn't die. And the doctor die. did maybe not. I think you're thinking of... I was thinking of... Yeah, I was thinking of... He was already resurrected. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking of the wrong one. Okay, then never mind. That doesn't work. And and the doctor did not abandon him. The doctor was trying to make a decision. One was shoot the white dwarf star to send him through, or the other one was to shoot the master so that... I don't remember what exactly what the... Remember, he kept going back and forth between the two? The master's the one that... Or no, he didn't He didn't shoot it. He went in and didn't he... He tackled Rassilon and they went back into So the he thing. did wind up back into yeah, the Yeah, that's right. Okay. He, tackled, he tackled Rassilon, giving the doctor the chance to shoot the White Star, North Star. And that's what sucked everybody back into... Okay. That's, I was remembering that. Wrong. Yeah. I was thinking well, the master shot. The master didn't. There's so much of that shoot, story that I did not. He did have, not... <laughs> yeah, me too. He did not shoot the master. You're right. The master he did not he die. Did not. He we didn't never die. saw what happened to that master. We assumed he got pulled back through because he... He attacked Rassilon. Okay, then that theory falls apart. Don't ignore me on that one. No, I will ignore you now. Ignore me now. Um, <laughs> well, oh, okay, so on to the, the, the Missy uh, Mistress Master thing. I don't remember if we talked about this on podcast or not. Now, before somebody... Before you go on, somebody's going to say, well, the Master's BS crazy, so he could think that the Doctor... Well, that's true. But I don't... That's way too simple. He did that's call the Doctor his boyfriend... And deep breath. Well, I, uh, <laughs> which totally fits. I'm fine with that because the doctor may have had, uh, or uh, the master, the master may have had feelings for the doctor oh, more so than we oh. thought. <laughs> At the very least, in the the series three two three parter. And the end of time, there's at least this very strong bromance going on there. Well, and we don't know what their relationship was at the academy together. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use that as evidence. No, so, but, but, but even if he loves him, at whatever, and he's putting on as he still could be just crazy and thinks that that's too simple of an answer. That no, I'm just. I I'm agree. Just I mean, shut, I'm shutting that one down because I know somebody next week will write and say, "Well, it's okay because he, you know he could think anything because he's just crazy." But yeah. Well, and I, no, I, I sincerely simple. hope that we've moved beyond crazy master. I don't. I mean, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong. The master's always been crazy, yeah. but I, I, I hope we've moved beyond the, the weird psychotic. Yeah. yeah. Well, he destroyed the white point star, so I, I would <laughs> assume that that destroyed the sound of the drums. Hungry for meat, but didn't come from the two doctors, <laughs> master. That's, <laughs> I just I want to move beyond that. Just, that's, that's good. Okay, so I don't know if we talked about this on podcast or not, but way back before the season started, we had a discussion over the idea of a female doctor. And there was this huge, you know, could it be done, could it be done. And we all came down on the, yeah, absolutely, why not point. And I was discussing this with Mel. And I said, as soon as Deep Breath hit, and all the theories that were floating around, and one of them was that Missy was the master. And we kind of talked about it and then dismissed it and then came back to it. And I said, you know, here's an interesting idea. I said, I think Stephen Moffat is a forward enough thinking guy that he would have been perfectly fine with regenerating the doctor as a woman. But fandom at large... And possibly the BBC. And possibly the BBC weren't quite ready for that step yet. So what if Moffat gives us the next best thing? 
and that Missy is the master regenerator female form. Because I think you can slide that one under the table a heck of a lot easier than you can the doctor. I think you could change this one and not get the same outrage as you would if you changed the doctor. And she said, you know, that's not a bad idea. And like you, after that, everybody just, that's not the, and we just kind of dismissed it and forgot about it. But I, I genuinely think that's one of the things that's that's being discussed here. Now, it depends on what happens next week. You may be right. It may not wind up being the master. But I, maybe this is part of that bait and switch play is we're going to hit you with this and see what now I've got a backup plan. It's not actually going to be this. But we're going to see what the reaction is to this in general. I think Moffat's very forward-thinking. I just... uh, I like the concept for the evolution of the show. I've always... I've said that all this season, that I like to see this show evolve, that we don't get the the same thing. So that's why I hope that I'm right. Because if next week becomes, as Keith alluded to, a master has teamed up with the... Cybermen, and then he has to revert to the doctor helping because he's got himself in too deep once again, then it almost... Not that I don't like those kind of stories because that's what Doctor Who has been for 50 years, or at least in the classic series for the most part. That's been the Master's M.O. But to do it now after you've crafted such an original story arc... And you've done some very wonderful storytelling in this series. To revert to that, to me, just feels like a cheat. It just feels like a... I don't know. It just it, it almost it almost belittles everything that has come this season before. Just, just for a bait and switch. Just for a... I'm going to lead you so far off the trail that you won't see this coming, even though you've seen this coming. And... and I, and, and probably I'm more hopeful that this is going to be another reveal, that it's really not the Master, it's actually something else. It's probably wishful thinking on my part. But I still sort of believe that there, that he might, Moffat has something else up his sleeve to redeem that feeling in me, <laughs> that that we feel like we've just kind of gone back to the status quo. How um, How difficult would it be to... I mean, because I, I think we, we, we've all been of the opinion that this season has been so very challenging um, in in the storytelling that they're doing, but yet we've kind of always breathed a little sigh of relief when we get a quote-unquote standard, oh, this felt more like Doctor Who episode, but we still like the, the pushing and the, the, the stretching of the boundaries. Do you think that this might not necessarily be the end of that even if it is a standard, oh, it is the master and the Cybermen team up, and then it goes wrong, and we have to fix it, kind of thing. Is there return to the pushing that we're still in, going to be continuing to nine. push, and well, you know, at least through Christmas that we have that well, one have kind to, of out there looming. Or I think even Doctor Who's, especially since Moffat has taken over, has been that because I think Russell T Davies was the la- Davis was the last thing that was really similar to classic Who. I mean, it was it was it was new. It was. Energetic, it was fresh, there were new ideas, there were new villains, but it still had those classic who tropes. Whereas even since Moffat took over, his first season was the fairy tale season. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the build up to uh, Big Bang three And even though we had some villains that, the classic villains that came back and we still had Daleks and we still it was it was this whole overarching story of, of the uh, the the dreamer the, the 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 raggedy doctor the whole 
We've never done that in Doctor Who before. That yeah. We've never seen anything like that. And then dealing with the Doctor's death and this whole silence in the following scene, you know, and then we then we had the Impossible Girl. So it's always been kind of stretching the boundaries of, of storytelling. This one just se- this season just really seemed to kind of they've always upped the stakes. You know what I mean? They've always yeah. upped the ante to make it even more fascinating. And so we've been on this trend, and I feel it. But this. This one just felt like we dropped back into a Russell T. Davis story, which Russell T. Davis stories were fantastic for what they were. Don't get me wrong. His, his series, I still like the oh, series. But. Really, any time in Moffat's run that something tries to invade Earth in present day, it feels RTD to me. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I'm out of gym. <laughs> yeah. <This> is, <laughs> you guys realize that this is only one of... Three stories, or well, I guess I've, I'm not counting Force of the Dead because it was so me. I forget about. It. I tend to forget about it. There's, there's only like three, st- four stories this season that I've quote unquote felt set on Earth. Oh yeah, no, I mean everything else is set somewhere else. Um, I yeah. guess part of uh, parts of a lot of episodes. Parts of uh, what was the under the bed on Listen was parts of the set on Earth. But parts were also yeah, elsewhere. Right. You could say the same thing about Into the Dalek. Parts were set on Earth. Uh, well, no. Wasn't that the one with the... The majority. The, the restaurant. Set. No. No, no, that was... That listened, was listened to yeah, also. That's what I'm saying. But parts of that was set on Earth. About Maybe about half of that was set on yeah. Earth. Yeah. The, uh, the orphanage, the present-day restaurant. But then we went to the I end of the, the universe, universe on some planet, yeah, and, and we were... Also on Gatwell, whatever Gallifrey, <laughs> somewhere near Gallifrey. <laughs> but into the Dalek was—I mean, the Deep Breath was, but it was set back in time. Yeah, uh, into the Dalek was set off Earth, although he comes to Earth to get her. I mean, but I'm seeing predominantly yeah. the story is yeah. set off Earth. Oh, I no, I'm seeing I'm underselling it too because uh, the one with the two D people was also on Earth. The whole thing was oh, flatline, yeah. Flatline. But but there's still a, it's it's maybe been fifty fifty. Yeah, well, but that now it's. it's it's watering down my argument because <laughs> Russell T. Davis was nearly all set on. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went back to try to find a. Uh, was going through episodes for one of the thirty-one days of Halloween and was looking. And I'm like, wow, there are really a lot of Earth-based stories in RTD's run. Mm, it's not until you stop and look at it that you're like, wow. The majority of them are. In the fact, almost are, almost yeah. all of them are set on Earth. And a lot of season another. five was too. I mean, there was a Byzantium two-parter that wasn't right. And the one with House, what was that called? No, that's season six. Oh, that was season six. That was Doctor's Wife, Doctor's Daughter. No, that was in <laughs> that was Dave. That was, well, that that one was season was, four, hey, and that was off planet. <laughs> I think, yeah. Hooray! I'm helping. <laughs> so what happens? It just depends on the. F- it, it's it's when it's a modern day Venice. Yeah. It's when it's modern day Earth. Yeah. Technically, part of Amy's choice was, but half of it wasn't because it was in space and TARDIS. Actually, all of it took place. To in all of it, but Tardis. we think part of it is. Right. It's just when it's modern day Earth, it feels more RTD. Yeah, me. I think you're right. I don't know. I gotta come. I, 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 I'm gonna have to come with you. I'm just gonna have to say, all right, I'm done. <laughs> nothing else that I can wait until see what I, I got to find out what happens, and I'm I'm really curious how they're going to reveal. How did the master come back? Why did he she think that they were abandoned by the doctor? How did they get teamed up with the Cybermen? And what's the end game for that? 
and are we going to rescue Danny? Those are yeah. kind of the questions. Not necessarily in that order, but those are the questions <laughs> that I've got at this point. Oh, I did like the fact that we, the, he was looking at the uh, uh, iPad and choosing whether to hit delete or not. And I kept thinking, oh, that's going to be the cliffhanger. He's going to hit delete. And just as you think he's going to do it, he sees the kid's reflection. I always yeah. thought that was a yeah. nice touch. That was a nice touch. I think the kid's going to save Danny. Did anybody? I, I know there's been some people out there that have kind of felt like maybe this one, uh, there, there were elements of this, but by dealing with death in the manner in which it was dealt with, that it was in poor taste. Did anybody get that from this? I really didn't. I didn't. No. I think I said this before, but when this started and the doctor said, and Danny died, clearly died, and the doctor said we were, they were going to go to hell, and I thought, oh, you're going to qualify this place, this existence of an afterlife that I think Doctor Who doesn't have any um, reason to do. I just, it has no, I don't know. I just, I kind of rolled my eyes. I mean, you guys know me. I'm the forever skeptic atheist. And I thought, they're going to address this. And I was actually quite relieved to find out that they were, they were really just acknowledging the fact that the body has a soul, which I'm fine with. And that, you know, that, that they're they're trapped in this kind of gray area, and that this that the master, or the mistress, I don't know what to call her, <laughs> Missy, Missy, um, figured a way to harness the um, uh, the brain essentially of the of the dead and put them in a matrix until they can be put back into their cyber bodies. You know, so once they went that route, I was almost a little relieved. But I can see where people that maybe have a stronger conviction to the afterlife and death maybe felt that it was played a well, little faster. Well, even just from the, the you know, the, the, the noise and the white noise saying, don't cremate us, don't cremate us, oh, you know. Oh, yeah, and just, yeah. I mean, I could see where if you had had somebody pass recently oh, and then this episode yeah. came on, I could see being a little... Well, uns- I was, unsettled, I certainly, was, but... <laughs> I'm the unbeliever, and I was a little unsettled because that's my plan as creation. <laughs> and when they were going, don't cremate me, I thought, oh, oh, wait a oh, minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be cremated. I was just curious. I don't know if anybody had any thoughts on that or not. I don't. I didn't think much about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Anything else about uh, Dark Water? Lazy title. I didn't like the title. Yeah. Not lazy. Lame. When they revealed what it was, I thought I thought it was I actually thought, oh, clever. Yeah, that's a nice. Yeah, but it didn't mean anything. It's kind of like the bells of Saint John. Well, <laughs> they couldn't. Ta-da! They, they, there couldn't it is. they couldn't call it X-ray water. <laughs> it would have given away the plot a lot sooner. Yeah, it you makes know, the, more sense than bells of Saint John. The, the, the title should have been. Missy, who is the master, teams up with the Cybermen. Here's that shot from the invasion. That's what I wanted. <laughs> oh, and Danny. Oh, and it. Danny's dead. That would have been a fine title for me. They called it the Dark Water Project too, though. So, the scientist guy. That would have been a better title, the, the Dark, Dark Water, Water Project. Project. I've been all over that, but Dark Water just it, it doesn't have enough of a oomph. Well, and and I've never understood why they feel. They need to come up with clever titles for episodes of a popular. I understand coming up with a clever title for a movie, because you want people to come watch it, and so you 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 have as many 
elements of teasing that you can to get people into theaters. Live, die, repeat, colon, edge of tomorrow. So the problem that I have, what, who cares if it's a clever title? They could all be episode one, episode two, episode I don't care. Which some shows do. Because, you, and most of the time, you don't, Doctor Who's one of those anomalies. You don't see the titles of, of shows yeah. usually until it, it's airs now and before that they never titled shows until after the fact or it was just a script title i mean it's just it's always been something i've noticed more within science fiction circles well star trek and i go back to star yeah, trek star i think trek star trek did it and then you know next gen and x files and all, all of these just, it's all those felt... shows carry that on but i don't notice things like what well, friends i didn't know friends episodes had titles <laughs> until the dvd came yeah, out and, and they're all they really... the one with the yeah i mean which Goes more to my point that it's that's how you remember things. Hey, it's that one with, yeah. the, and that's why Friends titles were so clever. But I've always thought it was weird that we had to come up with a clever title for a TV show when you're you're already invested in the season. It's not like they're trying to drag you based on the title of the, and they, you don't know the title. They don't they don't say you know I'm, I'm alluding to American television. They say next week on Arrow. They don't say next week on Arrow the Marion conspiracy or something like that. You know, in fact, when they do things like. The internet lists the episode and gives you the title, mm-hmm. and I look at it and go, "This one's called Suicide Squad." Well, I wonder what they're going to do in this one. <laughs> it's they're going to put together the Suicide Squad. So I mean, it's like I don't know. It just see that I think that's, what, that's where a clever episode title needs to come in instead of just saying Suicide Squad something else. That way, you have the surprise. Or just don't title it, or then it doesn't matter. You wouldn't have to come up with something clever but then because it, you. You you wouldn't have all these podcasters out there being able to refer to things by name. That's silly. Well, yeah, we have all fifty years. Of we Dr. have fifty Who years of Doctor Who stories, of, so we can recall it. There, we would be going. To, okay, so it was season eight, part four, episode two, well, unless you're, episode seven, unless of season five of Downton Abbey. Unless you're Steven Stepansky and knows all of the has memorized every production code for everything from beginning <laughs> of Doctor Who on, which just amazes me. Just amazes me. Uh, yeah, I'm new. No. <laughs> not, not. I our hats off to you, sir. Because new. No. <laughs> yeah. That was all I had. I don't know. What's coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule. Sorry, Keith, did you have anything? Did no, you have anything no, else you want to talk so. about? Um, Were you pleased to see the Cybermen stomping I down was, the street? It was. It was a nice, nice recreation. I have to agree with. Uh, I was grateful we didn't see him until the very end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember who said it. I agree that the directing was phenomenal, and she needs to come back next season. It was very well directed, yeah. Uh, if you get a chance, here I'm plugging Radio Free Scarlet twice. Um, Warren did a interview with the director uh, on last week's show, and she talks about she talks about directing in general and directing Doctor Who because she couldn't say anything about these episodes. But it's it was quite an interesting interview. So. I did read that uh, because they were in. Uh, she she mentioned now that the reveal has happened when they were shooting this because obviously they were in public um, that they had fake scripts printed that they had <laughs> different things that were done and that uh, Capaldi and uh, uh, Gomez were both mouthing the lines. When they recorded it, and then they went back to the studio to ADR what was actually said, huh. so that nobody, because I mean, everybody out there is on the street with their iPhones mm-hmm. recording this momentous occasion of this all happening. And she said she didn't even know until they presented her with the the official finished script in the ADR room <laughs> of wow. how this was actually going to end up. 
And then when, you know, she said, well, I couldn't go around calling myself the master. She was like, <laughs> you know, and just kind of all, all super excited by it. So if it, if it turns out that Glenn is, is incorrect and that this is indeed the master back and, 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 and fully blown, there is, I, I agree. There's a part of me that will feel a little cheated because it was, it was, it was kind of like river, you know, it was like, it was right oh, there. It was yeah. so right there. And I'll, I'll feel a little cheated by that, but I'm fine with going along for the ride because of all of the new series doctors, Capaldi's the one that needs a master the most. And I don't mean needs like in a good way. I mean, just that that's, I want, I want that. I want him to be able to square off against this nemesis versus, you know, Matt Smith would not have made a good foil for the master. I'm sorry. No, he, he wouldn't he just, it just wouldn't have worked. And even the, the, the David Tennant ones that we got were not quite, well, not quite right. Part you know? of that comes down to the, how they changed the master. Yeah, well, a good a good chunk I, of it. I, I hope if, if it is the master, I hope he he she uh, returns more to like we said the less psychotic format. Yeah. Well, and not to mention David Tennant. The master worked with David Tennant in the way that it, well, he was the last of the Time Lords. Well, and yeah. suddenly there's a it, hope it, that it, there's it, one. Right. And no matter who it is, it yeah. played it on that hope. emo doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it worked it was a, there it was because of that. Yeah. Different feel for that, but for Capaldi, you couldn't have squared him off an entire season like. Square the two off the entire But season. Capaldi, I would buy that. As as much as we've had the Pertwee references and stuff like that, I would, yeah. Let's have Missy in every episode next year <laughs> as the villain. I don't know about every Please, episode. No. <laughs> oh, I would think it would be great. No. I'd be so hyped because for Because if we were watching Pertwee's season where the Master is in almost virtually every story in some way or another, and we were watching it in order... Like I have done recently, <laughs> you'd get tired of it because I noticed that as I watched it this time. Bouncing around is great, but well, then when I go back and I start watching them back to back, like I've been doing, it's like this is a little master you'd, overkill. You'd, you'd have the same to, story every week. You'd have to create a much better overall arc same, story. Yeah, for same it, story, but, different trappings. Yes, but, uh, you need to that, come up with different trappings. That it goes well. Realistically, all of the master stories are the same, as you've pointed out. Here's the mo. That's why, <laughs> and, and and we all point fingers to. Clause of Axos, because it's like, <laughs> this is it. This is why you are not a good villain, because you fail at this level. <laughs> Who didn't think this was a good idea? Raise your hands. Uh, okay. And you're still going ahead with it anyway. Oh, look, it backfired on you. Ah, uh, big surprise. Yeah, so. No, I agree. There, there, you'd have to come up with a different thing. But, oh, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be so cool. Anyway, I digress. Um so Friday Night Who, uh, this week on November 7th, we are finishing The Invasion with Patrick Troughton, which, wow, did that turn out to be so nice. <laughs> of course, we haven't got to the iconic moment yet, but we will have by the time they recap it for us next yes, week. Yes, that's true. So we'll get Cybermen on the steps. Yay. Because <laughs> we went four episodes and had five seconds in uh, The Invasion. You really need to join us this week because it's such a good story. Invasion is so good. It's such a slow burn, but it's so worth it. It's just the pacing and everything is wonderful in this one. I love it so much. Uh, and then uh, our show next week, number two hundred and two, we'll take a look at Death in Heaven and the series finale. And um, and then yes, no, I was okay. Sorry, oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm tired. It's not. It sounded like a. No, no. Like you were about to say something. 
um, and then the rest of the schedule uh, through the end of the year is actually posted on the website, uh, so you can go there for more. Um, following that, we'll have Colin Baker in Timelash, and uh, a companion archive uh, for episode number 203, uh, doing some Big Finish stuff, and Frobisher. So it's a companion archive on Frobisher the Penguin, and we'll be doing Big Finish number 14, The Holy Terror, and uh, a Big Finish special episode, The Maltese Penguin, which was not part of the main line, so that one might be a little more tricky to track down for some folk. But, and, that, but that, we're not doing any of the comics. We're not doing any of the comics for this, at least where initially. Where he was introduced. Correct. Okay. Just audio. Just the audios. We'll do the comics, eventually. I'm not going to get Keith used to going in order now. <laughs> well, now 200 now, episodes now in. We're putting, no, 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 no. You're putting me out of order, which really I don't like. But it's, No, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, made oh, that like, really? I made that sound like I didn't sign off on the schedule because I did last week. <laughs> However, I, I wasn't until this week that it, it occurred to me that, I, well, I, regardless of what we review, I'm going to go back now and read the comics before I listen to the audios. So. I, I like my Doctor Who linear. I'm sorry, Keith. I know we've been torturing you I'm for three years. I'm just used to it now. Way. But I like my Doctor Who linear. I know I like. I sort of like to know what precedes things. So I, I'll probably go search those. Out. I, I'm giving you the George Lucas numbering. We're going to give you this, and then we'll go back <laughs> to the, the beginning, <laughs> and you get a prequel comic. How did Frobisher come to be? Here he is. And then we'll turn the story off to a whole different crew because he's tired of listening to it. <laughs> Let them do. Which, uh, completely <laughs> random side note, did you see that they finished uh, the, the filming wrapped on episode 7 oh, this I, week? No, I did see not that. see that. Filming, filming apparently has wrapped on episode 7 this week. So, there's that tidbit of news it's for you. It's been the most roller coaster. That's for another tangent. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's for another tangent. That's a whole other podcast there. Uh, anyway, so there, there is no, some big finish. this one. Just a whole other tangent. <laughs> there podcast is some, episode. It's we'll some do, big finish we'll on, the, uh, on the calendar, so make sure you go and check it so that you can be uh, up to date with us. And then uh, one other item of note, uh, right before Thanksgiving, uh, or I guess it's not right before Thanksgiving, but uh, November 21st, Friday Night Who is Paradise Towers with Sebastian McCoy, which is not one that we've done before. So if you need to go acquire that one, there's some time for you between now and then. If you got to go acquire that in tough, sorry, it's a moratorium now. Is it? No. Oh, <laughs> oh God, don't do that to me. I just. Oh, keep. what I was keep. I going to hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was I going to. Uh, uh, moratorium with. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, okay. So going back to the whole missing episodes thing, I had this revelation last night. We watched, we, we watched, we watched Darkwater and the Cybermen on the stuff, and I was frustrated because you and I had such a good time uh, with James watching Invasion, and I don't think anybody else could join in because yeah. it's not available. The Invasion's not available, and I, I don't have it. <laughs> and it, just, it was just like, ah, oh, why would this not be available? After all, you just had Cybermen walk down the steps of, and then it dawned on me, Moffat's doing the same thing to us this year that he did to us last year. He wrote great intelligence into his finale because he knew those episodes had been found and he wanted to refamiliarize readers with this. He's going to give a Cyberman on the steps of St. Paul because he knows they found the invasion. Oh, I am saying it. And that's why they pulled it. it. That's why it's on more point right now. It doesn't make sense to pull it when you've spent the money to animate it. No, I, I. I'm, I don't know I'm, if I agree with it, but it put, make, put, I don't put, understand why they put it on more. Take it to the bank. They found it, and it's going to be announced at some point. Near future, I guarantee. Uh, I, th- I, I personally think that you're along the right lines, but I don't think it's because they found 
missing episodes is because they could repackage it and put it out again after these two stories I because people hope will so. start I want to own that. People will start searching it out. I think they'll they'll make it. I think we'll get new extras and, and new things a like that. But edition. I think the animations are still going to be there. They yeah, could a special have, edition. But they could have hyped it up all already. They could have been before this week's episode. Here's well, this and look, it's the look I think it, it must not be ready yet. I, I think the problem But it was ready. Is, it was already out. Well, <laughs> I think the problem is though that BBC Worldwide, I think they that one probably didn't sell well. And so they're looking for a way to hook it. And they're waiting until people can get eyes on this one and get curious and then hey, surprise. Next month you can get the invasion which had, you know, these iconic beginnings in a new packaging with a special edition and, and try to rebrand it, resell it. I don't think it has anything to do with missing episodes. Mm. I hope you're right, but I don't think that's the way it's going to pan out. I think I'm right. <laughs> so there's that. As long as we get it back more chances, affordable, I don't care. More chances for me to tell Sean he's wrong. Or say, oh, you were wrong. Easter Saturday. <laughs> you're going to hold on to that one time you're right. <laughs> All day, every day. I get up in the morning, I put my feet on the ground, and look at myself in the mirror and go, Easter Saturday. <laughs> That's how I start my day. That it? That's it. That's it. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Easter Saturday. been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.